Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 239 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, Crisis Actors. It's Mary. I am seeing calls in the chat to have Seamus on the show. Uh, If you don't know this already, if you're not a true fan, Seamus has already been on PCC before. But today, we have another arguably superior guest. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com, and I would argue I am superior to Seamus. That's going to be her intro every week now. She's like, hi, I'm a writer for TimCast.com, and arguably better than Seamus Coglin. He he has his pros, you know, but, like, I'm I'm reliable. He comes and goes as he pleases. I'm always here, except for when I have stuff going on. And when I I take the Lord's name in vain by accident, I don't get dirty looks from you, so that's always a plus, too. Not that you can spot, but... We should start a bit like Jimmy Kimmel used to do where he was like at the end of every show. We just ran out of time for Matt Damon. Good night, uh, everybody. Uh, we just ran out of time for Seamus Coughlin. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be good. That'd be funny. We'll just say that he like committed and flaked every time. Like, every, every single day. Yeah. Just yeah. his credibility. Seamus said he's five minutes on the way, but we got to go off the air. Bye, guys. People who watch the vlogs when it, we were posting on YouTube will know this. But like when Seamus and I, when I worked in the newsroom, I don't use that space anymore. But when we worked in the newsroom, Seamus would come and he'd be here working. And for whatever reason, he decided to use the other half of my L-shaped desk as his desk. Yeah. So every day I got to hear his like. like <laughs> he is an aggressive typer. He's a delightful person. But I'm always like, why are you in my cubicle? Get out of here. You type like you have anger. Oh, my gosh. I swear he like went out and tested keyboards. and was like, which one is the loudest? I like this one. <laughs> I like, like that we're stoking beefs. Total in the no. first I, five minutes of the show. I like having Seamus around, but uh, yeah, I think I'm a way better guest, partially because I show up. This, this <laughs> is true. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk about the the president of SAG-AFTRA. That's the Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. I'm so I, proud of you that you remembered that. The, it was it was the American Federation part that kept uh, that kept getting tripping me. you up. Uh, the the head of of SAG-AFTRA. Fran Fran Drescher, yes, that Fran Drescher from the show The Nanny back in the 90s, who's the head of that uh, that union, has come out against vaccine mandates at exactly the time that it becomes not brave or stunning to do so. Uh, we're going to get <laughs> into that. That's how you know she's not in it for the glory. Exactly, yeah. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about actor Luke Evans. If you saw Fast and the Furious 6, he was the bad guy in Fast and the Furious 6. He's been, he was guest on and. uh Beauty and the Beast. Uh, uh, yeah. he, he has some thoughts on uh, gay actors playing gay, ro- uh, playing straight roles, straight actors playing gay roles. Uh, it's very refreshing, in in my opinion, what he had to say in this. It kind of seemed like it was a return to normalcy. Oh, sorry, normality. <laughs> uh, and we're also going to talk about the uh, the 
Voting booth selfie heard around the world by Katy Perry and what that means for California. And uh, we have some interesting, a lot of celebrities weighed in yesterday and throughout the week about the, uh, was that the governor or the mayor election? Mayor the, of um, LA. Of LA. So we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to go into Henry Cavill and the possibility that the Superman, the new Superman movie, The Man of Steel 2, could end up being a reboot of his character, which would be very interesting because he's the same guy. It's very weird. Uh, after that, we've got a bunch of other stuff. We got Casey Anthony news, believe it or not, in, in 2022. Here. <laughs> Throwback. Throwback. Yes, uh, it's depressing. Uh, and, and some other stuff. So if you ladies are ready, we can get right into it. Mary, are we ready? Absolutely. Claire, ready? Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So it says, the nanny star, Fran Drescher, <laughs> uh, SAG after president, blasts vaccine mandates as infringement on body sovereignty and above all else, freedom. She revealed it in a TikTok. Uh, yeah, let's watch. Before we get started, let's just watch the TikTok first. And it's, it's really funny because it's like her voice is like the most distinct part about her. And it just it shines through. So to think that every human on the planet can take one vaccine is ludicrous. <clears throat> and to make that one vaccine the criteria for who is allowed to work travel, dine, go to theater, etc. Yes, is an infringement on the Disabilities Act, the Freedom of Religion Act, and body sovereignty. We as a nation must be very careful that fear does not turn into fascism. <laughs> when equal citizens stop being equal, when cards must be presented to identify whether you are included or excluded, we stand at a tipping point of an America I no longer recognize. And even though I myself am vaccinated, I must applaud Disney for taking the position not to vaccine mandate their sets any longer. The problem with discrimination is that there will always be good people who justify it because of an extreme condition. But it is those times especially when we must fight even harder to protect the sanctity of freedom for all and never succumb to an us versus them mentality. It's like the, it's like the two it's like two, the last two years didn't happen. No, I feel like she is like has she been in a coma and she is just Here's, catching up on the news chronologically. And I forgot about this before yeah. we started the show. Remember what she just said? I want to point to, to this article. I don't have it up here. Rockman Dunbar loses disparate impact claim in lawsuit against Disney for discrimination over vaccine mandate that led to mm. Reno or to 911 exit. So, so Disney you, is late Disney. to yeah, pulling the plug on their mandates. I don't know why that would be cause for celebration this late in the game. And people have been calling on Fran Drescher to uh, make one statement you know, on on one side or the other, for over a, a year since she took off, since she took the head yeah. of the presidency. It's so, also like this tweet from Bra Bradley Whitford was asking, "Why is SAG-AFTRA not demanding that all productions require proof of vaccination for all set personnel where their members are working in the middle of a deadly pandemic, and where do membership first and unite for strength stand on the subject?" So. Uh. This this was from August 2021. Yeah. That's when the issue was actually relevant and yeah. being debated. So she waited until it 
would no longer have consequences for her and her platform to speak on this. I, I also enjoy the remember they've subtly shifted the meaning of fascism to mean right wing, which we know that uh, historically it's not. Which right? isn't the only reason something can be bad. Yes. So <laughs> so they've subtly shifted that term to mean right wing. So now she's like, it should we should be careful that we don't slip into fascism. But we know who were the ones the most gung ho about mandates and vaccination requirements the other funny fact about this is that she supported hillary clinton uh multiple times obama she herself is yes. vaccinated also and, so she uh, didn't face consequences for resisting these mandates when they were being put in place she also is uh which also she, took away the urgency part she didn't need yeah. to ever address it other than the fact that she held this position and theoretically needed to represent people like it had no bearing on her life, really. She also mentioned in 2017 that she's a, she's a gung-ho anti-capitalist in Hollywood. That's I mean, the, the, I'm all for diversity of opinions, I guess. What, what else would we expect? Uh, also, but like, SAG hasn't... Who cares? She probably benefits from capitalism. Well, no, she does. Right, she's, of she's course. She's from Hollywood, which is uh, among the most capitalist industries in the entire world. That's uh, what I mean. Like, she doesn't know what she's talking about really like she doesn't examine how she makes her money and in fact she gets to make statements like i'm anti-capitalist because she is so financially secure so it's like i said this is a year ago this would have been a very brave stance to even a year ago is like like two years ago right when this started and you wanted to actually point out that you believed in this stuff i would say a year ago is fair like right after it started uh, people are running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Nobody really knows what's going on. But a year in, in 2021, you have a, the lay of the land. The information's out there. Whether you choose to seek it or not is not our responsibility. It's your job as the head of a, of a big union to, to get the most information you need to help make the best decisions for things like this. They didn't go get the information. They didn't look to, to figure out what was going on. They trusted the science the science and they and they just went with whatever the news told them now as reports have come out uh, and things have pushed back on the efficacy of vaccines now they want to play as if they're making a brave stance in something that's a year too late mm -hmm. but sag has never required its members to my knowledge to be vaccinated in order to be part of the union but they're still not speaking on it when studios are requiring exactly. productions to enforce those mandates. So it says Disney recently dropped vaccine mandates on 12 TV productions on which it is the lead studio. The Hollywood Reporter confirmed on Monday. The productions were notified last week that vaccines were no longer required on zone A of the production. Uh, it, what's funny about this is I still see the photos of people on sets and all the actors have no masks on and all of the pauper regular people working behind the scenes who do all the actual heavy lifting are the ones that have to be muzzled and probably dying to get some actual oxygen in their lungs. So Hollywood is still lagging behind other industries yes. with. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Holding on to these COVID era policies for dear life. Which, Both masks and vaccines. So is she working on anything with Disney? Like, why now? Um, she, she's. This is just is she her response for, as the head of SAG. But she's just like, like yeah. giving them a little. 
but why like applause. what does it do for her she doesn't need to applaud them she hasn't applauded them she could have stayed neutral on this issue i mean as much as like theoretically we could have hailed her as someone who's brave and sort of speaking up for actual oh i will values. not herald her she, for anything sorry if she came out like a year ago and was like even though i'm vaccinated i don't think you should make it a requirement for work like she didn't do that but she also didn't say like yes we should vaccinate people like why break your neutrality after all this time yeah. uh, to me it means that like she must have something going on with disney as a uh, you might know more about this than me like is it would this specifically usually be something that a, a union president would speak heavily on like vaccines i mean well, in general like would a would a it's like union presidents represent unions, right? So like anything that goes on that affects their who they're representing, the employees, they could speak on. So like if they were... Would neutrality usually be the, the norm in a situation like I this? I mean, it just like depends, yeah. right? Well, they probably like deferred to subsidiarity. to do with uh, employment, they could speak on, but they may not. Just like an electrical union, their president may take a stance on an issue that's affecting some people, but not the yeah. entire contingency. Like she could have chosen to speak out, but... She didn't have to yeah. unless pushed by her constituents. But presumably most of those people got vaccinated. It is Hollywood after all. Like, why now? That's my question. And I, I want to point out that she mentions religious. She, she mentioned religion in that, in that statement. And what happened was Rockman Dunbar, who got fired for basically, he tried to file uh, multiple like exemptions. And Hollywood was like, the, the, Disney was like, no. You're you're not getting these exemptions. How did Letitia Wright go about? I don't getting know. exempted. Uh, that that might have been uh, different because they were filming in other countries, whereas uh, the show is filming mm. in the U.S. It's possible that like a lot of shows moved to New Zealand be, or started working in New Zealand because of relaxed measures. Wouldn't I, New Zealand have even stricter um, rules about that though? Uh, no, New Zealand had really strict migration rules, so you could not go to New Zealand, and there were lots of heavy uh, lockdown restrictions, but. I think they actually, from what I've read about it, were not as intense about the vaccine because the idea was oh. like they, they could keep everyone who was sick away. They were one of the last countries to report a COVID case. So okay. he was in a, he was for a church called the Church of Universal Wisdom, which just sounds like Heaven's Gate to me. What do I know? But uh, just, a little creepy sounding. A little creepy sounding. sounding. You don't like, have universal wisdom. Like it seems like something you find in like a like a strip mall. <laughs> like the, you know, it's got the little the it's got the like the pull about sign out outside okay. there next to like an, a liquor store in an empty building space. <laughs> But the, so the, he was trying to file exemptions based on religious beliefs. Yeah, it, it and says, uh, I, I don't know if I agree that you even need to have a religious conviction in order to be exempted. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if this is an issue of bodily sovereignty, that's a secular matter, and if it's about your ability to work and do your job your medical decisions don't have anything to do with that yeah. well and atheism's on the rise in america so presumably if we make it well it has to be a religious exemption we are forcing a lot of people who may disagree with it to go without options right like yeah it's your conviction no matter what theoretically opting out of religion is this should offer you the same protection as somebody who has the freedom of religion so it says, on belief, uh, on information and belief, Disney has a history of racial discrimination and Mr. Dunbar was subjected to disparate treatment and disparate impact discrimination on the basis of his race. The 45-page filing reads, on information and belief, non-minority employees similarly situated were not subject to termination when they refused the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, if the race argument doesn't even work with them, they must have been very, very, very strict with their policy. You know what I mean? I mean, Letitia Wright kind of went there, if yeah. I recall correctly. She was talking about, you know, her 
her rights to bodily sovereignty, but also in the context of her race. Yeah. And being specifically marginalized in Hollywood for her race. And she got a lot of pushback when uh, when she posted videos about it. Uh, she, she posted a lot of stuff about, like, like uh, the, the U.S. government has never been kind to African Americans right. here. But that's really not related to the issue at hand, in my opinion. I think they were just grasping at straws yeah. because they didn't think that there would be any other grounds they'd be exempted on. Yeah. So it's just, I, I don't like the the fact that they're trying to make it out like she said something brave and stunning and that she's a, a hero for freedom and sovereignty. Like well, I said, she's a <laughs> to lifelong... be fair, she's getting a lot of pushback on this. Like people are in the comments saying you went off the deep end. Yeah, I was actually surprised when you were saying she's getting celebrated for this. Like, yeah, maybe in conservative circles, but well, like that's maybe by media. Breitbart. Yeah, yeah but yeah. in her immediate uh, community and profession, I'm sure she's not. Which again... I have to argue, like, why? Why do you even bring this up at all? Yeah. Basically, a year and a half too late. Like, you don't get credit by some people. You're still going to get, you know, dismembered by people who feel like this is a terrible stance to take and vaccines are critical to whatever, public safety. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand the... It's not even that... I, I think she is expressing a correct... Or, like, a, a sentiment that I sympathize with. But, like, why now? Mm-hmm. Here's another tweet from uh, one of her detractors saying, shame we lost Fran Drescher that way. She's alive. She's just out here siding with a giant corporation instead of the health and safety of her union members and calling private vaccine mandates fascism. Now, it's really ironic to say she's siding with a giant corporation. Of course, Disney is that. But they were siding you, with you're the giant asking you're before. asking her to either side with Disney or side with Pfizer. Either way, you are somehow showing an allegiance to a, to a mega corporation. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> Pfizer's marketing team just really nailed it with the vaccine, getting it to be like we're doing this for you guys are doing it for one another. We're yeah. doing it to keep people safe. Like, this is our product. Not, we, we just happen to sell it. But like, actually, this is just for the common good. Like, we we're objective this. third party. In fact, it's free for you. It's free because the government's paying for it. But it's free. Just do it. It's the right thing. Well, now you have to pay for it. But it's actually for everyone you know and loves protection. Like, Disney didn't stand a chance to that kind of marketing. That's not going to end either, too. Because I think back to like the the world we live in now. When we talk about people, um, there, there's like a lot of like, well, what what does it cost you to to uh, acknowledge someone's pronouns to seed way to speak the way people tell you to does it does it hurt you does it hurt you everything we do is kind of from this place of seeding territory on the basis of being polite to others and never about like what you believe in for yourself and so in a guilt-ridden society a great way to sell a product is to say that if you don't get it you're a bad person People are using this as an opportunity to point out all of their other issues and beefs with Fran Drescher and the political opinions they think she has. There's just people that have hated her for years. Who are no, just literally like, there are. Like someone posted about how she's anti-Palestinian and she well, donated she, money to the IDF. And I was like, how is this She has to have all relevant? the correct opinions <laughs> on every topic. And we talked about this yesterday. There is no such thing anymore of you should not even really believe that you can do any type of like global globalist marketing because at least one person in every group will have one view that everybody hates and you're never going to have the perfect opinion in fact i would argue that the people that if there are those people that just happen to have exactly the right opinion on everything that is the most suspicious person out of all of them that are you just a wet blanket that has absolutely no spine or 
you don't have any convictions other than fame and you know yeah, being exactly. well known so you don't care about these things you're just saying the things you know will get you support exactly but a so, lot of people fall for it like they create lists in their head of here are the celebrities that i approve of that are good people trademark yeah and here are the celebrities that uh, should be deplatformed, have no career opportunities, and be silenced forever. I think of like Chris Evans as somebody who's just like he's just the he's just got the good takes on everything. It's he's got suspicious, the takes that everybody, isn't it? He's like I support this, I support this. Like somehow he supports Israel and Palestine. Somehow he supports this and this. Like you know what I mean? Like he couldn't like they find a way to never be offensive in any way, shape, or form. But they do it while still talking out. Like. I imagine that Keanu Reeves has at least one or two things that people disagree with him on, but he's smart enough to just not talk about it or not talk on. Even Keanu Reeves, Brett. I love Keanu. Reeves. I know you do. Me and me and Mary got into it yesterday. Well, no, 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 no. Well, we, <laughs> I love the framing we, that we got into it. He's like, defending Keanu Reeves' honor. I, I will defend his honor. Him. I will defend his. I honor. was comparing it to Bill Murray because he finds Bill Murray's quirky persona persona uh, suspicious and annoying. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But, like, Keanu Reeves has the same, like, wholesome 100, big chungus energy. (laughs) (laughs) Brett does not tolerate anyone questioning Keanu Reeves. He has a new, in Keanu Reeves, we trust poster hanging in his room. Exactly. Exactly. That and Tom Cruise. No, you can criticize Tom Cruise. He's said he's said and done plenty of weird stuff in his career. I just okay, think that there's uh, that his benefit for the industry is stronger than uh, a lot of other Ultimately, Brett's going to keep him around. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, he's a, he's I, on thin ice. <laughs> I've yeah, I've measured the I've done the I've done the research. Tom Cruise, he's a net positive. So let's uh, let's go to uh, Scientology. I must say, let's go to vaccines. It. Let's go to let's, let's not. go to super chats. <laughs> okay. Uh, Oh, they're not refreshing for me. Could you start? Yes. Okay. Potatoes for Seamus says Hannah Claire is the best, but I must say Seamus, <laughs> Seamus is a king. Hannah Care is self Claire. Who wins then? Who, no, still Hannah Claire. Claire. I'd like to have like an official hierarchy where Dan and I are at the top because we're OG. We've been around for a while, but I I think that Seamus is good. It's just like. You know, he's like a different tier of guests. The timing was unfortunate when we had him on the show because it was right after Roe v. Wade got overturned yeah, and was he like, was all fired up. Yeah. I was like, so this happened in Hollywood. I was like, yeah, but babies. <laughs> uh, Which also, is cool for one time. You need to take two with Seamus. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also, I have, I have a question for you. Did you did you guest on any of the episodes in the very, be- very, very beginning or was it a couple weeks in? I was doing it when we were like not live and like so early, early. On. Yeah, you know the show's I'm, gonna be one year old on December second. Oh my gosh, that is crazy. Yes, to this year. Do you feel like a proud dad? Um, I, watching I'm, watching your little kid. Proud dad, tired dad. <laughs> they say the first year is the hardest. That's well. Let's let's uh, here's to hoping that that's true. And that Are you guys gets, gonna have like a party? Wait, is December second? We Tuesday? should do something. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear a, a hat like a like a birthday a, cake a hat. Birthday do you know those hat. ones? Yeah. We should have like confetti. That's a good idea. Uh, instead of money, it, it plays confetti. Happy something. Birthday instead yeah, yeah, of yeah. the like 
whatever it does. That's good. Uh, I have to look it up. Is December second? December second uh, is a Friday. Oh my gosh! Perfect. That is incredible. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Wait, I, I want to know what the Christ actors want us to do for the one year anniversary. Yeah, tell yeah. us what you want for one year anniversary and for episode two hundred. Three hundred. Sorry, three hundred. I'm losing track at this point. Uh, let us know in the chat. When's three hundred? Is it the same day? That'd be super cool. No, I haven't checked cool. yet. Oh, it'll I'll look. It'll be next summer. Uh, Andrew and, L okay. said, "Question I've had for a while: By crisis actors, do you mean the term or phrase that Alex Jones uses? Because if so, LOL. Uh, it's supposed to be ambiguous. Don't ruin the joke, okay? <laughs> yeah, you're thinking too hard about it. Caper Two X said, "Welcome, senior acad." Academician H.C. Brimelow, make mine marvel. Is that a is that a word? Yeah, we looked it up last time. Academician, just like an academic. I okay. Guess. Yeah. Right. Hobbit said, "I don't care for the Chet Formation replacement vid." <laughs> what does uh, that mean? Friend, Remember when you used to play the Chet Formation? Now we watch the friend, <laughs> Fran, Fran telling us about freedom. <laughs> oh. Imagine Fran Drescher from the Nanny being the bastion for freedom in 2022. Okay. My how we have fallen. Let me float an idea here because she did sound a little campaign speechy to me, right? What if? She was like, I'm going to become a union president and then I'm going to go into American politics. She's if playing the Donald long Trump game. and Arnold Schwarzenegger can do it, so can she's I. She's going to unseat Fetterman in, in Pennsylvania. I don't know what she's going to do, but like it sounded like a baseline testing out the waters for politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be. She's like, I'm a strong, independent whammon. Mm-hmm. I had a hit show in the 90s. Maybe she's going to go over to. The 90s are popular with the young people. They probably recognize her. She's going to be the next Gina Carano. I, I kid you not. I was, I was looking at it, I was like, the nanny was kind of hot. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I saw so many, like, what am I going to be for Halloween? Like, t- TikToks or Reels or whatever those videos are called. And, like, it was girls who were going to be the nanny. And, like... Incredible. That means that she has a presence with young Thank voters. You. Which is, like, one of the craziest things about the internet. It can bring people who were big decades ago into the lives of Gen, Gen Z. And she was like, this is my moment. I'm going to hop on TikTok mm-hmm. and... I'm going to connect with the youth. Like, connect with the youth, yeah. Why are her... I, I bet the average age of her union is not TikTok age. I no, bet it's, it's older. But no. she made this and announcement She was getting TikTok. torn apart on yeah. TikTok. But why? Like, this is what I'm saying. It's all suspicious to me. T-Bone said, can you get Luke on PCC? Luke? I don't know. Can we? Luke Ask is, Luke. Luke is kind of... Um, Luke's afraid of PCC. Luke is kind of... He couldn't of make it on It's two hot takes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, uh, I, I don't know how he feels. I, I imagine that he would feel that pop culture is kind of like a, a waste of... like they always they, He sees pop culture as a distraction to the mm. masses. But I, I would argue... That he should come here and dismantle what, it. What I, learned, right. what I learned from yesterday is that people need to... Uh, young Ripa posted something. He says, this is what you need to understand, that quit worrying about politics and start worrying about popular culture because this is happening not because people care about popular politicians. It's happening because the culture changed right out from right out under your nose because they've been the right-seated ground on culture 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And uh, the indoctrination runs deep. Carnell said, hello, Hannah Claire, sup, Brett, Hail Mary. Not sure still how I feel about the Hail Mary thing. (laughs) And we all chant back, full of grace. Full of grace. (laughs) No, thank you. Waffle Sensei said, honk, honk. Uh, Are we the the truckers in Canada? I'm loving it. What throwback? Hava Owens said, what up, PC crew? PCC crew, it's going to be fun to watch all these celebrities do a 180, just showing how much BS they actually have conviction in or not. Then what your goal here is, is that you need to resist the urge. Now, this happens every time 
every time a celebrity makes a mildly not awful take. Every conservative is like, oh my goodness, I always knew that guy was a patriot. What you need to do <laughs> is understand that these are all talking heads. They don't have actual opinions. They have basically focus testing to tell them how to think. And you need to not care so much what they think and think more about what it means for the culture. They do not, they're going to go whichever way the wind blows, the celebrities are. And you need to, first of all, dis, disassociate your identity and your beliefs from whatever they are and understand that just because they're saying something you like right now does not mean that they will continue to do so. For instance, today, Alan Ritson posted this insane thing about Elon Musk meddling in the midterm elections and how uh, he's ruining Twitter. And I'm just like, this is the guy who I championed for several months because I love the show Reacher so much. You need to not care what these people think because if they let you down one way, if they, if they make good one way, they're going to let you down another way. It is important to know what they think, know how they influence the culture, but not put too much stock into them as yeah. it relates to I'll you. point out here, like, Elon Musk has so much influence over popular culture, and he has been building this for a couple of years. He does not hold political office. He probably will never seek political office because, in fact, that would probably be too difficult for him to have the freedom that he does to live the lifestyle he does. Mm-hmm. And, like, he has influence without politics. Like, we think politics... We overthink politics sometimes, I would argue. Yeah. And also, like, Elon Musk is really interesting. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but, like, he is also someone who says stu- some stuff and then does other things. Like, yeah. Tesla is the only car, co- Amer- a non-Chinese car company that is allowed to operate in China without a formal partnership with, essentially, a state-owned car company in China. No other car automaker is allowed to do that. I didn't know that. Like, yeah. That's interesting. But why? But why, Elon? <laughs> so, like, hmm. we just, like, it is great to look up to people and feel like you are represented but it's not the be all and end all of life like you have to distance yourself from that i think it gets it's like a toxic culture to be like oh they said the word liberty so they're secretly hinting that they are conservative like it's always politicians who want to be culturally relevant not celebrities who want to be politically relevant the you can tell that there's an imbalance of influence there i I told mary the story on air the other day but there was uh, i remember like the last thing i did the thing that made me give up facebook finally was like uh this argument between two friends of mine one who posted like after gina carano got ousted by disney and like she did her interview with the daily wire and he's mm-hmm. like, wow, I, I really look up to her for standing up for, for freedom and her decisions and blah, blah, blah. And this other guy goes like, yeah, do that if you want. But I look up to people that really deserve to be looked up to, like Stacey Abrams. And I'm like, I'm out of here. No way. I gotta that go. seems like parody. I'm, I'm like, I got to go. It almost seems like parody. No, it's a dude I know. So it's he's he's like that. But like, it's like you should Amazing. not. You <laughs> should be fine. Like, agree with Gina Carano about whatever things that you agree with her on. But understand that she's still... You don't know them. Understand not, that the, it's a coincidence. They're, they're people. They're just regular yeah. people. And you're going to agree on some things. You're going to disagree on others. Johnny Derp said political correctness is fascism pretending to be manners. George Carlin, patron saint of the seven dirty <laughs> words. That is all. I once posted that and had a friend who's like, I disagree because there's no threat of violence. Because I said that because we were talking about the, it was under the guise of cancel culture and talking about like the idea of losing your job for saying something that people don't like. He's like, well, there's no threat of violence there. I'm like, it's still a reaction outside the norm. Like, it's still not a proportional response. That doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Tacti Platy said, I agree with Brett 110% of the time. Very sus. It's one of my bots that I've hired to be up on there. Tacti Platy's really just me 
sending messages to make myself feel uh, feel good about myself. I don't notice you saying 110% that often. Maybe I say 110%? Someone has commented about it before. I I say it usually as like a form of agreement. I I don't just randomly list something that's 110%. Maybe that person wants 110% of your attention. That could be it. But like if Mary... If Mary says something I agree with, sometimes I will say, oh, yeah, 110%, like, as a way of, like, affirming that not just a little do I agree with you, but a lot. Rather than saying, oh, yeah, I really agree with you a lot. Well, everyone's <laughs> got their syntax and their words. It mm-hmm. is what it is. Don't trample on my free speech, says exactly. Brad. Or I'll send Fran after you. <laughs> Kai, this one is really something. Kai Rain said, I'm totally simping for Mary and love Brett like a bro, but claire is a foreign princess now and we know you control the money so does that does the the, is this true does the foreign princess need to be saved from the whole foreign the the, he said foreign yeah he did are you foreign i I feel foreign like a foreign alien no i'm just kidding maybe Uh, you're a spy got some other nationalities you know hanging out you could be uh, including russian no big deal no russian unfortunately Hobbit said, heard it here, folks, vaccine mandate at PCC. <laughs> That's what it is. Let's hold off on the rest of them, and we'll come back uh, while we all go get vaccinated real quick. Okay. No? Absolutely <laughs> all not. Right. Help me. <laughs> all right, guys. So uh, Luke Evans, who is an actor from, if you saw The Fast and Furious, he's been in a bunch of other since I mentioned earlier. He was in uh, the Beauty and the Beast movie, the, the 2017 one. With, Wasn't Gaston, know. like, really hotly debated as a character in the live action version. So it says Luke Evans explains why he's not sure that only gay actors should play LGBTQ plus roles. And what it really comes down to here, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of generally summarize it is he kind of goes back to the general idea that it's a, it should be a meritocratic process that brings you to your success in Hollywood, which is, Feels like that should be like the norm or the baseline belief in the world. But as we know, Hollywood doesn't really believe in that anymore. So it says over the years, numerous straight actors have uh, famously played LGBTQ roles and vice versa. As of late, especially as more queer actors have portrayed notable movie and TV characters, there's a continued conversation within the industry regarding whether only gay actors should play openly gay roles. The latest star to share their thoughts on this is Luke Evans, an openly gay actor who has starred in the live-action Beauty and the Beast and the Fast and the Furious movies, among many other films and uh, shows. And he also explains that, quote, he's not sure whether those rules should be exclusive to members of the community. Here's the quote. He says, I'm not sure about that. Gay people have definitely missed out on gay roles for sure. Uh, Russell spoke very powerfully, passionately about this point. I get it. And I totally think that things do need to change. But from my perspective, firstly, I wouldn't have had a career if gay people played gay roles and straight people played straight roles. I'd have played two roles out of 36 projects I've worked on or whatever that number is. The thing is, though... The reason that was back then is because it was a lot less socially acceptable to be gay, so there weren't as many openly gay actors to play those roles in movies back when, uh, even when they were portraying in movies. And also, the unspoken thing that's not talked about here is what they really mean by this, the people that, not him, what the people that he's uh, kind of contradicting is that mm-hmm. they don't think that gay actors should only play gay roles. He thinks that gay actors, they think that gay actors should be able to play both gay roles and straight roles, but should be the only ones that get to play the gay roles. Mm-hmm. And that is not a fair, equitable, or, or maybe they would see it as equity, as an equitable exchange of, uh, of jobs. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what Russell T. Davies was trying to point out, I didn't read the whole comment that he yeah. made about it, but he was trying to say that straight actors were told to go over the top when playing gay mm. characters and play into stereotypes about them. And that's 
obviously insulting, but also impossible to prove that that happens yeah. all or most of the time. And we saw in Bros had plenty of that and was portrayed by gay actors. So it's not like... Yeah, the, so it's okay when you do yeah. it, but not when straight people do it and it's also part of their job description. Um, and then another thing that Luke Evans added to this was saying, the right person gets the job, talent and ability and a bit of luck and timing. That should be the reason why you get a job. It shouldn't have to do with anything else. I, it just seems kind of obtuse to say this, though. I think because, it seems naive. Like, yeah. the reality is you work in Hollywood, and Hollywood nepotism web is so intense. I feel mm-hmm. like every other day I watch something like an old, not every day, but like whenever I watch an old TV show, I'm like, oh, that last name is familiar to me. Oh, it turns out their kid was in something I grew up with. Yeah, like, this exactly. Web is much, it's very, we don't realize how intricate it is because, it's because producers have children who become actors who then move on to produce who then have kids who are screenwriters who then that gets picked up by whatever so like this idea that it's just like we all hang out and then maybe we all get to the audition on time and you're talented enough like that's already on its face not true in hollywood i agree with what his point like if he had only if he's a gay man he had only been cast you know he wouldn't have had the career that he's had if we cast things that way but i also think he's failing to recognize that like that not how Hollywood works on its face. It's not just nepotism that influences casting decisions as well, but like identity is a huge reason that you you get an advantage these days in Hollywood. And I don't know if the comments Luke Evans has made so far have acknowledged that he's a recipient of that advantage. Like he wouldn't have gotten a lot of roles if it weren't for his sexual orientation. He's also one of those people that he's kind of an oddity in Hollywood now and that it wasn't always, uh, he didn't want to talk about it the way that a lot of actors in Hollywood want to talk uh, mm-hmm. about sexuality and stuff. From his, uh, it says, uh, Evans is, this is uh, from his Wikipedia page. They just talk about his his personal life. They say, Evans is gay and in a 2002 interview with Gay Times, he stated that people would approach him in gay, in gay pubs to tell him that they could not believe that he was gay. In subsequent interview in The Advocate, he said that although the time his role in his role taboo was that of a straight man, everybody knew me as a gay man and in my life in London, I never tried to hide it. By his late 30s, Evans was less willing to discuss his sexuality in the press, uh, asserting that his personal life was private and he deliberately shields his family from the press. When asked about the opinion that Hollywood might have on his sexuality, he argued that his private life is not connected to Hollywood and that talent, success, what you do in your personal life, I don't see uh, how the how one would have an effect on the other. Although uh, known as openly gay since the Gay Times interview, he's rarely labeled so. So I feel like he might have seen that early interview maybe as like a mistake. It's kind of like when, was it David Bowie? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, uh, who was it? From Queen, I don't know the oh, um, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, when he, I think he said like when he came out, it became as bisexual or whatever. It became like all he was mm-hmm. in the media, and he regretted that decision because it took away from the art. Well, like, it was less common back then yeah. to be openly gay as an entertainer, but it still was way more common than in the general population. I also think like there are people in Hollywood today whose identity is. It's going to sound really mean, but, like, the only thing that could get them a yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. They're not as talented. Whereas I think Comics like, is full of that To right me, now. this kind of comment, like, I have whatever characteristic about me and I choose to keep that private, it reminds me of what Daniel Day-Lewis. Doesn't he very famously, like, not yeah. hang out in Hollywood except for when he's acting? Well, he's or retired now. Or his comment 
specifically about being gay reminds me of I don't remember his name, but he was in that show Prison Break, I think. Oh, Wentworth Miller. And he yeah. like got outed, I think, by the media and confirmed it, but like was yeah. very private about you know yeah. who he was interested in or whatever. I think there is a world where you have actors who want to be there because they're actors, and in fact, their identity is in some ways kept separate because they are constantly they are constantly playing characters, right? Whereas, like, we actually cast a lot of people now because they have a social media following and they, you know, we cast them basically as themselves in movies and their identity, therefore, influences what projects get picked up and what they are, you know, mm-hmm. what studios are pursuing to to put these people in. I think of, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pete Davidson. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've i never really seen any of his movies. I know he had um, the, like, kind of... Uh, biopic uh, King, King of Harl- Staten Island. Uh, King of Staten Island. Uh, and I don't know if he's been in everything else, but like, I don't think he could go into a movie and play anyone but Pete Davidson, yeah. right? Like, that's what he's hired for. Exactly. That, but, yeah, he's not an example of an actor that's hired for. Right, but to, like, increasingly, that's what we're moving mm-hmm. towards because yeah. we are in this weird relationship where we have so much exposure to them. It's like yeah. instead of cult of personality, it's cult of identity. Mm-hmm. Um, they also say that what's funny about this is the the writer of this article, Sarah El Mahmoud, she's very like, I've, I've been reading Cinema Blend and stuff and all these sites for a long time. She like, I almost feel like this paragraph is a weird, like, I, I, not a turning of the tide, but she's very clearly going with like the neutral perspective here when I guarantee you two years ago, this would not have been her opinion. Uh, It says, this is clearly a complex issue. On one hand, more queer actors should be given a chance to represent their community with authenticity. But on the other hand, no matter one's sexual identity and orientation, good actors should be getting good roles that match their talents. So which is it? Like, do the good actors get it despite Mm -hmm. of their identity, which proves that you don't need to accurate, you don't need to be a member of that community to act accurately depict it on screen, which is what we know is actually true. That a talented actor who does his research, prepares for a role, and is good at his job can represent a community effectively Mm -hmm. because a community is not one thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Why does Emma Darcy, who identifies as non binary and uses they, them pronouns, get to play a role that represents uh like women yeah. in House of the Dragon. You're you're kind of forcing yourself in a corner where you have to acknowledge yeah. that she in every meaningful way in, is interacted with and understood as a woman in society. Yeah. And that's why she's good at playing mm-hmm. the roles of women. And it runs headlong into the business aspect of it. We talked about uh, Scarlett Johansson and uh, she did Ghost in the Shell and then she was supposed to play the character in Robin Tug, that was actually the name of the movie, where she was going to play a trans woman. A, trans, a woman a trans who man. identifies as a man in that movie. So she actually voluntarily pulled out of because that she got role because of the pushback there was similar pushback for her role in ghost in the shell because it was based on a japanese manga yeah and it's weird because you know i didn't see any the character's not i didn't see any blowback for joey king who was just in bullet train that is based on a japanese novel a, a graphic novel i don't see why the double standard was placed on scarlett johansson there but that was she voluntarily the- dropped that role because of the internet telling her that yeah. it was wrong, which was a mistake. And then eventually 
in I an feel interview, like that one almost she... set a, a precedent. I feel like that one actually almost set a precedent. The reason I say that is because she was the clearest example of uh, when they cast these roles, right? You can say all you want that you need somebody who looks like this to play this role, but that movie was canceled. Because it needs somebody of her star caliber to get that movie off the Which ground. Which probably why they offered her. Like, didn't Eddie Redman ha- get offered a role as he a did, trans person? He and did one. He and did then, one, right? And then, okay. Yeah, okay. And there was backlash because he is not. I actually find like... He regretted that too later. He's like, I shouldn't have done that. Right. Yeah. Probably because he's supposed to regret it. Yeah. Um, I find myself thinking a lot about conversations uh, about kind of... Uh, like essentially disabled actors like the girl she was a teenager at the time who was in um john krasinski's movie about the alien you have to quiet quiet please thank you there was like a whole conversation about like choosing to cast like a deaf actress and she really did like she really is deaf she speaks in sign like that affected how they filmed the actress who's in echo who stars in echo for marvel is uh she's deaf and um not paraplegic she's got she's missing a leg Mm -hmm. so So like theoretically that's to me a case where you could say like yes maybe we should only have deaf actors or actresses play this person because in some ways they actually cannot just pretend to be hearing right it affects their speech it affects their ability to perform on set like that is the type of um specialized character where like maybe when you're casting you do take that into effect whereas like theoretically from what i know about how lgbtq advocates talk about this issue is like anybody at any time could be on this spectrum of sexuality so theoretically straight actors are just disqualified because we are not supposed to say who or who is or isn't gay you know what i mean there's a there's an epidemic of people in comics right now who are suddenly bisexual because you can't prove otherwise you technically can't prove otherwise uh and it's fashionable also like they're not really who you are like when you're playing a character it's not supposed to be you right like it is supposed to be their argument their argument is that the only way you can represent the nuanced details of being a member of that community is if you've actually lived that experience which is antithetical to what well actually actually it's more so the the idea that a straight or cis person playing a role of a gay or trans character is actively stealing yeah. a job from a trans or gay actor or actress that would have had it otherwise. And that is just not true. And I think the Scarlett argument- Johansson got that role because the entire movie depended on depended her, on her, her star, star power. power selling it. I think between the argument I just made and the argument you just made, those are the ones they go back and forth between mm-hmm. to tell you why you can't do this this way or that way. And I just find the what whether you think it's possible, and I do agree, that in Hollywood, there is such a subjective nature to the actual profession of acting that, yes, a, merit- a meritocracy is not necessarily the same thing. But there's something uh, sort of invigorating to me about him saying, look, it's about who's best for the job. Now, are the qualifications for what makes someone best for the job obviously very different in Hollywood than they would be in an industry like tech or engineering? Yeah, very much so. But I like the fact that he's taking a little bit of the onus on the fact that you need to look or uh, be of a certain sexuality to get a role because we're not seeing a lot of that these days. We're seeing people doubling down on those things. So to see somebody pushing back a little bit is a little bit refreshing to me. I find myself thinking about, I'm sorry, I'm looking up the name right now. Um, okay, if I say this to you, you're going to know I'm talking about, you may know too. There was a movie from the 90s about three drag queens who were like driving from New York City to LA to compete in like the drag queen 
beauty What's it called? pageant i'm looking it up right now um and they get stuck in like a small town never saw it and i'm pretty sure rupaul is in it oh wow but so is if anyone listening knows this movie please let me know because i cannot remember the name of it but it also has like whatever the 90s 80s like hunk good looking as far as i know straight guy was and they both play these ostensibly queer although i don't really know what the qualifications are Wong Fu, thanks for everything yeah, I think that is what it's called. I can't remember. Yeah, I never saw it. Um, I, obviously, that's that's a that's a name that is. I, I remember that somebody just said Tuong Fu, and as soon as I read that, I was like, "Thanks for." I remembered the "Thanks for Everything" part. I think that. Yeah, I think that is what it's called. It's like <laughs> thank it's a, you guys. It's a Everyone very in the like. Chat, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. I really needed the assist. It's a really weird movie, but like we have in that case someone who obviously like RuPaul goes on to be involved in like RuPaul's drag race. And I assume at that point he was a drag performer. Plus whoever this like 80s guy is who definitely was Patrick Swayze. There we go. Um, He is also playing someone like as far as I know, no one was mad about this, right? Like different time. I think that we, yeah, but I'm like, I'm homesick for that time. Like I feel like we didn't, uh, we, we trusted that actors would do their best to portray roles with authenticity to the best of their craft. And now it's like so reductionist yeah. to what skills could possibly be like that we end up limiting who can do what and who can be what. I was sure John Leguizamo is in it too. And he's always complaining about representation in, in Hollywood because of Latino actors mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything. Julie Newmar. Uh, so something in the chat's going to roast us for now. It's like when we hadn't seen... Um, uh, Death to Smoochie. They're gonna be like, oh my god, you guys haven't seen every movie ever. I was, uh, it's kind guys, of. Guys, like, I've never seen any movies, but the, I have seen this movie. Yeah, Wesley Snipes. Oh gosh, Wesley Snipes is the man. Are you gonna watch this after the show? I kind of thinking that maybe it might be. Oh, they usually list is it where is it available? It's on Prime Video for three ninety nine. Could watch it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I didn't see it. Uh, Douglas Carter Bean Bean. Could I, the, I'm not. Rec- I don't recognize the writer or the director, but uh, that's a uh, quite a cast. So it is kind of like that, though. You're absolutely right. That that's the like if they in- if they made this movie, RuPaul could still be in it, but Patrick Swayze couldn't. Yeah. But Patrick Swayze, as far as I know, brought some star power to that movie, yeah. and Wesley also Snipes. like that is interesting. Like I assume if you're an actor, if you really like your crap, you want to be challenged to portray characters to the best of really especially characters who are not just you yeah right you're not just like behaving like yourself and i, I um, pointed out to mary when we were, we were talking about this before that it was actually there, there was a, a large trend at one time and maybe this is an overcorrection the way we're going at things now but there was a time when a lot of actors they sought out the roles that were of gay characters because they felt like it made it oscar bait or they felt like that it, it was like challenging it was like risque, them yeah. it was challenging them as an actor the example i give is there's an actor named Manny Montana in season 2 of of Graceland uh, what would happen is on the show Jeff Easton he was the the showrunner for that show every season he would ask the actors he's like what's something you would like your character to accomplish this year or to mm-hmm. do this year and he's like i want my character to kiss a dude. That was like all he said. He's like, because the idea was like they, they were undercover, like he's like an undercover FBI agent mm-hmm. or a DEA agent. And the idea is like that in the show, most of them, it's a bunch of heterosexual males who are always kind of hating on women and all this stuff when mm-hmm. they're not working. So it would take him out of his comfort zone. And how far would you go uh, mm-hmm. to make an arrest or to do something? Would you would you do something that would be so against your, uh, your, your nature yeah. to do that? Which is, uh, this is what I'm saying. I get where actors are coming from. Like when they break it down, when you watch something that's been uh, filmed, edited, done in post-production, color corrected and everything fixed, all you see is the final product. When they 
write these scenes and act these scenes, they act out so much more than what actually ends up in the project. They go into a far deeper dive into these characters mentally than you do or than we do. Mm -hmm. So they look at it from a different perspective. Well, I also had a director tell me once he prefers to cast people who are, their personalities are they are not like the characters that they are going to play. Yeah. Because if you were to cast someone, you know, because you're like, oh, you're exactly like this, the character I envision, yeah. like they can have a blind spot, right? Yeah. Like it's hard to, even like super self-reflexive people, it's sometimes hard to fully, you know, yeah. acknowledge quirks about yourself or maybe your faults or whatever else. And like, theoretically, that's why we bring in a third party actor to portray these characters yeah. and appropriately catch all of the nuanced detail. Like I get what they're saying is like, you haven't lived this experience. So you don't, you've never literally experienced the emotions maybe that we go through or like, whatever comes with this identity it It feels like a cop-out and like you should have higher expectations for your actors it's sort of my thought but maybe i am just being like with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Too demanding of Hollywood. Imagine that they weren't real FBI agents either. So that's uh, well, how, and like, how and not, could they portray a character that's in the FBI and, if they weren't actually an FBI agent? And not a real cannibal and not yeah. a real serial killer. And actually not even, this person's not a mom and that guy's never had a daughter. Like yeah. we could do this for all, all things all day long, but like that sort of ruins the effect. Like if you want to be a documentary filmmaker and work specifically with people in certain groups, do that. Yeah. Or be a filmmaker. But like they're different things. Yeah. All right, let's go Super Jets. Shimmy Shelley said, easy to pick correctly when you have principles. Okay. Waffle Sensei said, episode 300, we want gentlemen's cast IRL plus Mary because she's one of the boys. Did you see the, did you see the um, Ryan Long thing? He's like, the, we just confirmed that there's 72 genders, which proves that men are better than 71 genders. Boys, 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 boys. <laughs> Shimmy Shelley said, obviously, Brett re-blondes for the party. That, there will be uh, none of that. Unless blonde, we blonde, reach, blonde, uh, blonde, 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 uh, blonde. Especially if I'm going to grow my, I, I've been contemplating growing my hair, and I want to get the Clay and Crawford hair from the from the Lethal Weapon TV show, and that will take at least two years, um, and I don't think I can handle blonde hair that long. I, I, I think I, you liked being blonde. I, I wear a hat every day. You How still can, like what's left of it. It's, it's fine. It's fine. He likes it. Tyler Hogue said, hello, you gorgeous peeps. You too, Brett. Wow. Um, backhand full of just knuckles of uh, just thank Yikes. you. Thank you. Caper2x said, can we consider the dunking tank for episode 300? This is how you know that nothing will ever get let go because dunk tank got mentioned in like episode zero. Dunk tank got mentioned before I was ever on a live. And then I came in and they're like, you're on the dunk tank. I was like, what are we talking about? Uh, I will point out the thing that I always point out about this. We use electrical equipment. And so that is a challenge. Well, no, the idea would be that we do it outside, I think. And no, then we it live would, stream it. Look, I'm in love with you. It'd be funny if we could live stream our podcast and then they could like rig it so that like you they like the super chats can drop us in but like the mics and stuff and the splash i don't know and we all died of uh we all got electrocuted that would be very bad cause porco rosso forever said has hannah claire seen the shredder or mary prophet video 
Uh, from the subreddit. From our meme review. No, she's not. I don't know what any of those things are. The, oh, yeah, there's like a meme of me. The Shredder oh, one yeah. is incredible. The Shredder one of you is incredible. What? It's incredible. Maybe you could join us for meme review at some point. Yes. You'll see. Bjorg Vin said, based Mary on the election stream last night. Well, what was your I most base? Try. What was your most base take on the election stream last night? Unfortunately, it cannot be, be repeated. repeated here. Um, but it had nothing to do with the midterms because I have not followed the midterms nothing at all. To do with fortification. And then someone commented like, "Mary is useless to this conversation." And I was like, "Yup, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to have a good time." <laughs> Kai Raid said, "I can't call out everything. I don't have enough money, but." dumbed down ghost in the shell for the same reason mary said these kids are reverting now at least five percent uh uh uh, trans people had suicide rate over 50 you got to be very careful having those discussions with people because that triggers uh anytime you discuss like the mental health uh, issues that come with any of these uh subjects that tends to be very touchy Waffle Sensei said, speaking of never seeing any movie, Hannah Claire, Tokyo Drift. I imagine she's been busy with the midterms. That stuff going on. Don't cover for her. I'm, she can co- answer for herself. She's an adult woman. Brett can see the fear in my eyes, and he's like, I oh, just, man. I just mansplained her. I need to. I think I'm behind enough where I need to do, like, a triple feature weekend and, like, watch, you know, just map eight hours of my life out and watch them. It's just challenging. But to be fair, I don't watch other movies. So I'm not, I'm not, she's not, I'm just behind. She's not, she's not ignoring Fast and the Furious in the name of other movies. No, I just never sit still. <laughs> Guam Tech said, it's so good to finally see Hollywood making the right decisions for their pockets and the fans. Is 2022 going to be the year wokeness and COVID nonsense die? Keep up the great work, Guam. guys. That is not happening. Guam Tech, he's a blader. I, I, I know him. He's, uh, he's a good dude. He's a blader. Yeah, he's, he's a, blader. Uh, and no, a blader. This is not wow. the year that ha, that wokeness dies in Hollywood. Uh, the right, COVID. play him in a movie because Brett's also a blader. The, mm-hmm. the, are you guys done? You done? No, absolutely done not. Making fun of me? Being mean to me? No, okay. we've been doing this for like uh, a year. Uh, of course no. we're not done. The um, uh, COVID nonsense, I don't know. Do you think that that go like... It, that's it, like lightening up. No. It's lightening up only because there's a statute of limitations on it, I suppose. Fair enough. The rest of it is only ramping up. I just think it's Thank taking you. its newest form, right? Like we went from being actively in it and having to deal with the restrictions and what did that look like, especially like for y'all's show, like on Hollywood, on the film industry, like that. And now we are dealing with the consequences of the major disruptions that we've had to our country, both socially and economically. Yeah. Taxi Platy said, why should Brett be blonde if Hannah Claire won't watch Fast and Furious? Look, this was a deal between Brett and the viewers who super chatted, not between Brett and Hannah Claire. Also, like, but fair point. Fair also, point. like, let, let's reiterate, 17 hours of my life devoted to a movie <laughs> franchise I don't want to watch. Like, But how many uh, hours of Brett being blonde? Yeah, how about that? How much humiliation can one guy I suffer? I don't think that was humiliation, especially because you liked it. Prove it. Yeah. A bunch Look of ladies smile. literally swarmed you. I think you. you just winked at... <gasps> Look at him. You literally told us that women swarmed you complimenting your hair. They did. Look at this grin. He like, wants to be blonde. Don't again. even pretend that you didn't like it. He's going to like be like, oh, I tripped into bleach. <laughs> and my hair is blonde. Oh, no. I, I just fell into a salon this weekend. I just woke up like this. Stop. <laughs> Tacti Platy said, I declare a meme strike until Hannah Claire catches up. Oof. 
I mean, that's going to be difficult because Dane insists on being the meme review guest. Yeah, also, like, I've never been in a meme review, so you're not punishing me because I, I mean, I'm excited for you guys. You should keep the good work, but, like, I have never seen my own meme. Yeah, you're punishing us, not Hannah Claire. (laughs) That doesn't work on me! All right. Uh, I feel like if your your parents were like, Mary, you didn't clean your room, so your brother's, like, losing his car for the weekend. And you're like, cool, no problem. It's like, uh, well, like in in hockey or in sports, like a lot of times, like if one player screws up, then the whole team gets punished. Like if somebody does something Social pressure. But this is like if someone on your city's baseball team screws up, so they cancel all the basketball games. Like it doesn't, impacts nothing. All right. Let's move on to Katy Perry and her voting booth selfie the voting booth selfie heard around the world as brett said so recently katie perry got a bunch of backlash on social media because she took a selfie while voting for rick caruso for the mayor of los angeles and what they were saying was that she is a republican now because she voted for someone who at one point was in the Republican Party, but is now a Democrat. Yeah, he he he's been a he's been a Democrat. Then he was a Republican and, and an Independent, and then now he went back to a Democrat ticket because why? Because it's California, and he knew he was never going to be able to mm-hmm. win as a Republican there. Yeah. So, firstly, some people were pointing out that they thought this was illegal to take a picture of your ballot. Uh, or of you with your ballot and post it publicly. It depends on the state you're from, but in California, you are legally allowed to do that, and it's your information to share, mm-hmm. not, you know, like New Hampshire tried to ban its citizens from posting publicly about their ballots or sharing their votes because it's seen as information that should be private, but then uh, federal court decided that that was unconstitutional because of free speech. So her post actually did not break the law, and someone uh, tweeted, Katy Perry must not agree with Caruso's anti-crime policy. Taking photos in a polling place is illegal. Taking photos in a polling place is a lot different from taking a photo of yourself and your ballot inside a voting booth Mm -hmm. privately. And not of other people's ballots. And last I saw, guys, uh, Caruso was up by a slim margin that hasn't been called yet uh, against uh, Karen Bass in California. And this has been a very interesting one because that seemed like to me that the Katy Perry's voting booth thing was the kind of that started this whole debate that I was seeing in articles about various celebrities endorsing either Karen Bass or Rick Caruso for mayor or is mayor, right? I saw this for the site on Tuesday. Caruso got, so Chris Pratt endorsed Caruso on Tuesday. I've got, I've got his statement here. Let's, uh, and it sprung back all this stuff. Let's remember Gwyneth Paltrow has endorsed him. Kim Kardashian and her mom has endorsed him. Like the uh, CEO of Netflix endorsed him. Yeah, that Ted one was, Sarandos. That Elon really Musk did. Yeah. So Sarando one was really interesting because his mother-in-law was murdered in a home invasion in LA. Yeah. And the major issue that Caruso is running on is crime. And so he didn't mention it in his statement, but like people feel like there is obviously. I know you are pointing out his like passport party affiliation. I'll point out that he w- did work closely with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's administration. And, and he Maria was a Shriver. Repu- and he was a Republican. Like, yeah. he was involved in that government. So, like, I I don't have a ton of opinions about Caruso. I think he's kind of interesting. He's done some cool stuff. But I do think that LA is a mess. And this really isn't a political podcast, so I don't have to go into it too far. But, like, it should tell you something that, like, LA is getting so bad that 
all of these celebrities, some of whom we think are probably conservative and just don't talk about it, and some of whom are probably not, are realizing that like it is time to ignore party and to just pick someone who they think will deliver. Well, what I felt like I saw was that it felt like the people that own businesses and ran companies, even Gwyneth Paltrow has her, was it Goop? Is, is Gwyneth Paltrow yeah, the one that's called Goop. Like, ugh. Uh, like it, it feels like the ones that were doers and not just passive like celebrities, like the ones who own companies, run businesses, were the ones who seemed the most gung-ho about uh, electing Caruso out there and that the regular celebrities, the the actors who didn't, at least as far as I was could tell, didn't have like businesses or weren't known for that type of industry were the ones who were endorsing Karen Bass. The aspect of this that I find the most interesting is how celebrities voting habits or endorsements are disrupting stan culture, which kind of requires you to be psychologically allegiant to an individual and all of their points of view and all of their actions and you have to believe that they are perfectly virtuous and never do anything that you would find questionable and i imagine that that that's particular for Katy perry but also like like chris pratt of all the people we talked about chris pratt he's one of those people that he gets labeled as a conservative but he kind of stays out he's gonna get that flack anyway but Katy perry has largely been left alone before this it's funny because some people were calling her hypocritical for voting for Rick Caruso uh, as he's come under fire for having like ambiguous links to anti-abortion groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but on his website, you can see his public platform is that he is like stringently pro-choice. And other than that, he's a very moderate candidate. Uh, like he has stuff about climate and about women's rights and a general principle that he wants to cut down on crime in LA which is a huge problem that seems to be the big one is he's he's a former police commissioner like it's not crazy that he's taking a pro-law enforcement stance yeah yeah and it's it's consistent with Katy Perry's public stance that she's pro-choice that she would vote for Rick Caruso that's not the issue here but they're just expecting her to either have the correct uh, opinions the politically correct opinions or silence herself. Yeah. And that those are her only options. And, like and she you, can't talk about these issues unless she has the approved opinion. And and the big thing that I saw, the the buzzword that will tell you what these people's views are is unhomed or unhoused, which uh, that was a big one for Karen Bass, is they're like, uh, Chris Pratt just doesn't want to look at a bunch of unhomed people yeah. while he's driving in his limo back well, to yeah, his there's, house. Yeah, there's this but notion like, that celebrities are not allowed to have an opinion on the place that they live simply because they have privilege in you know th- their wealth. Yeah. So I saw this tweet that said, I love all the horrible LA celebrities making pro Caruso posts that are like, the city is falling apart, and all they mean is that they have to occasionally see unhoused people from their limos. That's, that's the, it. That's the buzzword. I always right think there. that's interesting because it's like, what if I was like, yeah, I don't want to see homeless people. Like, I don't want people to have to be homeless. Yeah. And you're like, oh, how could you say that? Mm-hmm. That's the lifestyle they want to live. Like, I feel like you're making a weird statement well, by saying, like, I should just be able to walk by and sort of ignore this issue because that's okay, because otherwise I'm passing judgment on They're them. also, like, allowed to loiter in private businesses and business owners obviously have a huge problem with that 
Well, that's what I'm saying. It felt like it was business owners and people of a professional of that type of extra, like professional extraction were the ones that were very pro Caruso. And it feels like in California, or at least in Los Angeles, that crime is really what's on the what what was on the ballot because it's become such a like. Every day when we're doing this show, I drive by five, six articles of some celebrity whose house has been broken into because... Well, that was true uh, of the- Karen Bass. She, her house was like part of an armed robbery. And let's remember that Karen Bass isn't just some random person. Like she's a state representative. She's been with the California Assembly for a while. Like she left that elected position to pursue the LA mayor for a specific reason. Like either she doesn't... She thinks that the city's being influential in the city is more important for her in some way or she is not aware of the issues that were important to voters there it became obvious that crime was a major city major issue for voters not just in um la but in san francisco like they have recalled attorney generals in california who are taking uh, too soft on a stance that's too soft on crime like to not prioritize this issue to me seems like an obvious loss and that's what she proved does it feel although it hasn't been called officially i should say does it feel disingenuous when when celebrities get involved in this at the the last hour because uh like it's one thing on the national scale where it feels like they're all just shouting platitudes and i feel like they're just taking their cues from whichever news site they actually watch but when it's actually their community when it's actually where they live i would argue that like they are not getting involved at the last hour like a lot of celebrities are involved uh privately for a long time no i just mean like all these last minute tweets that were going out uh with their endorsements of of who these people are like it just uh, do you think well, that they people... do that on both sides yes. there are supporters of karen bass who are celebrities that oh, are outspoken just... the exact same way we've got uh... i mean oprah winfrey came out this is a different race but came out for fetterman yeah. in the last hour yeah. my thought is like actually I like it because they're being ob- they're being transparent about who they're supporting and they have all this influence that they would like to wield over you instead of just privately donating millions of dollars to campaigns to support candidates like this if you're going to decide that you are for whatever reason you are the key to influencing people's votes like yeah, I guess take a strong stance and come be public about it. Does it does it bother you more when they just give you the generic go out and vote and then don't tell you who they who, should they be more transparent? I I don't like either. I get annoyed even when they give me the generic just go out and vote thing. I don't get annoyed by either because I think like if you don't want to tell me who you're voting for, fine. And yeah. if you do want to tell me who you're voting for, fine. Like I don't I've never worshipped at the altar of a celebrity exactly. so intensely that their vote makes a difference to me. Uh one thing that was really funny, I was talking to basically the idea is like do you think that a lot of celebrities get obsessed with politics because like if you're a movie star right and you work four months out of the year and you make enough money to get by uh you know you're doing well you work four six months at a time but then you've got all this downtime do you think they get involved because they just it's like what do you do with your time when you've got all this extra time to just get involved with something that doesn't really matter to them but they get obsessed with politics Thank, Thank you. you. No, I think it's the same as like people who are diehard sports fans. You know, if you have oh, some executive dude. who's like working away at the tech aerospace, whatever, and then they come home and they're obsessed with the Dodgers, right? Yeah. Like people have can have really inter- intense interests that are outside their professional that's sphere. That's the problem too is the team sport mentality of all of it. That's a, that's a problem. Also, we have Mark Hamill for uh, Karen Bass. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, Rosario Dawson for Karen Bass. It just felt like... Maybe the ones who 
aren't really all that worried about the crime are the ones that are, are from a different area, but I, I don't know if more of them, it would be interesting to see how many of them had their own experiences with possibly dealing with either a home invasion, a break in or something like that. Something that caused them to think twice about it. So it's uh, it, it just strange to me because at least here it feels like it's part of their community. So it feels more natural for them to be involved in stuff to do with like where they actually live. Whereas when people talk about national politics, that always comes across as just, over the top and too wide of a scope for it to actually involve, like affect their lives, especially when they're so far insulated with their wealth and the, the money they have. A lot of celebrities have an overly inflated sense that they are pundits and they need yeah. to have a public platform on every single issue. Everybody and Jennifer to- Lawrence is one of the worst examples of that. We covered an interview she did where she openly admitted no idea why because it made her seem insane but she admitted that all she sends to her own family members over text are like scaremongering articles about how women's reproductive rights are getting stolen from them and pictures of her baby strange choice right what a, what a horrible life to live like a family life it's ruining live. celebrities personal lives like like a horrible family life to live but that's the only thing that you can no longer at least like what was it sydney sweeney has like her she still gets along with her family and they might agree on some things they might disagree on mm-hmm. some things but they can still have a normal relationship as family like i just i just feel bad for them in that case if that's how they actually feel that's all their relationship with the people they love is reduced to I've been wondering what Sydney Sweeney's political viewpoints are just because of that scandal that happened where yeah. people think her family are a bunch of Trump supporting hillbillies, which is kind of discriminatory in the first place. But um, she said that she doesn't make enough as an actress to pay her bills. And, uh, you know, maybe one day we'll see that Sydney Sweeney became, a, you know, a tax hero or something. Hey. That is a good one. I'm, we can put her up on the wall of the. One day I'm going to start <laughs> a, a picture. It's going to be Shakira and Wesley Snipes and other Hollywood tax heroes that we need to celebrate here at Pop Culture Crisis. So, all right. Uh, there's a couple super chats there. Yes. Tacti Platy said Fast and Furious movies may suck, but I'm just trying to remind the will of the fans that worked hard for Crisis Parties, trying to avoid. Bodie McBoatface fiasco? What does that mean? I don't know what that no, reference I mean. is. Am I Bodie McBoatface? I don't know what that is. I, I'm definitely trying to honor the agreement. Um, yeah. It's just, like, I have made it through. <laughs> that feels like a lot. Yes. Uh, but I'm in it for the long haul, just not scheduled. All right. And Kai Rain sent a super chat that was uh, entirely impossible to read out loud, but thank you anyway, I guess. Thank you. I mean, Our- maybe it was a pocket dial could have been all right i got a quick one here guys this is a there's not a whole lot to this news but it is worth mentioning it says uh man of steel 2 is a reboot henry cavill superman origin story changing now my question here is that if they're going to change it first of all he's older now so he can't play both young uh like if they're are they going to do flashbacks and completely redo the origin story for the beginning are ma and pa kent going to be different is it going to have kevin costner and diane lane like it had in the original movie but it seemed like the big thing that they were worried about changing here was more about um, 
like they're going to get rid of like him breaking Zod's neck in that in the first Man of Steel movie, which is what a lot of people had a problem with because they're like, look, Superman wouldn't have done that. He wouldn't have done that to his own brother. So it says the upcoming Man of Steel 2 film will not be a proper sequel, but will be treated as a reboot of Henry Cavill's Superman, according to our trusted and proven sources. And I do believe giant freaking robot freaking robots has been right before so it's it bears repeating man of steel 2 will treat the origin of clark kent differently than portrayed in Zack snyder's 2013 movie specifically henry cavill will no longer be portrayed as having killed general zod uh there will be a big change from the character but does not line up with the new direction of that henry cavill's expressed interest in Man of Steel 2 has been one of the more mysterious potential projects from DC, from the DC universe. And remember, I think we said that they said as soon as possibly February or March, this movie could go into production. That might be a pipe dream, but we'll wait and see. So it says, with, the, with it being uncertain for years whether Cavill would even be returning to the role. However, it seems that after the events of the Ezra Miller-led Flash movie, which, by the way, uh, David Zaslav loves Zaslav loves the Flash movie. They said he's he's got high hopes for that Ezra Miller guy. Ezra that Ezra Miller, not Ezra Miller guy. Sorry. Uh, um, Superman will not be quite the same character we know in modern DC movies. For a long time, it seemed like Cavill was drifting to other franchises like Netflix's The Witcher and Enola Holmes. Well, we know that he's no longer in The Witcher. I've also heard, though I can't confirm, that he's going to be taking the lead role in the new Highlander reboot. I didn't know about that. Yeah. So we'll see about that. And then it says, while rebooting perhaps the most iconic character in comic book history seems like a pretty big deal, this is also a statement of purpose from the newly formed DC Studios. Does does it seem like weird to you guys that people don't really care about continuity the way that, like, in a world where everything's connected, continuity also somehow goes completely out the window? The whole idea of a connected universe was that it gave us, like, a certain amount of cohesive uh story continuity right but now you can just rewrite everything and redo everything and nothing has to actually matter this sentence at the end of the article really says the quiet part out loud about superhero films and comic book adaptations that really annoys me the most it said this is a comic book adaptation so anything really could happen in reference to Kevin Costner and Russell Crowe's characters being resurrected from the dead yep. in this reboot. It's not a reboot if you're giving it the same title. Again, we don't know if it's going to be the same title. And you're using the same actor yeah. to play this character. Man of Steel 2, as far as I know, is just a working title because it is Henry Cavill in the role again. In the first movie, it was called Man of Steel. I don't know if it will actually be called Man of Steel 2. It was probably get a catchier name, I'm sure. So it's just interesting to me that most of the things where the whole point of a connected universe to me, at least what I thought the appeal was, is that you could involve some type of continuity, but now it's the whole point of a connected universe is that you don't have to actually establish any rules whatsoever. Yeah, it needs to at least have an internal logic. Yeah, So, and, and there isn't. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. I also found this thing where they, Henry Cavill talks about how important this role was to him. And that's why I think it's interesting because he is one of the few people that I can see really, really cherishes that character. Whenever I read these articles of other actors who are like, oh, I can't wait to play this character. I grew up reading this character, which means that they maybe saw one thing from them once when they were a child and they just see it as a stepping stone for the future of their acting career. Henry Cavill seems to have a unique amount of care and respect for the character of Superman. He says, it was something which I had, uh, I had to very gently hold 
hold on to in my heart because I didn't know whether I would have the opportunity to play it again. But the opportunity was very important to get again, and I'm very, very lucky and feel very privileged to have that opportunity now. This is light years in in uh, in contrast to what I feel like most celebrities pay when they pay lip service to what they feel about these characters that they get hired to change and not even portray accurately. It says the actor hopes to take the positivity which drew him to the character in the first place and reintroduce it into the big screen depictions of Man of Steel. It says quote there is something so true and honest and hopeful which is the best of all of us and I love that Cavill said and that's where I think they do. Uh, get rid of the continuity with Zod and get rid of the stuff of Henry Cavill breaking the character's neck and try to make it more like uh, Richard Donner in the old, the Superman of old when it was a little bit more hopeful. And Dane will push back on me sometimes and say like, we like he's a Boy Scout. Nobody wants to see that anymore. I'd argue that we're in an age now where everything is gritty reboot. Everything is uh, annoying. It's like they've taken what uh, used to be like realism and just made it depressing. Like, you're no longer allowed to have hopeful products at all. You're not allowed to make anything that has any type of positivity. And I would rather see a positive, unrealistic, and kind of cheesy version of Superman in an age where nothing is really like that. It doesn't feel like anything's like that anymore. Is the tone that was so serious and gritty to the first Man of Steel the reason why it wasn't well-liked? Yeah, Uh, they didn't feel like it felt like Superman. And then the argument they make to the contrary is like, look, it's hard to do that because he's so overpowered uh, and that the the really, really corny, over-the-top, positive attitude doesn't resonate with people anymore. But I think we're starved for that type of content now. Like in a world full of depressing, gritty reboots, be the one that's a little bit more positive and gives you something to leave the theater feeling hopeful about. It reflects the type of person Henry Cavill is as well. That's why he would be better able to play that type of Superman because he seems to have an optimistic, strong will in his personal life. Yeah. He says, I think it's the thing which we all truly yearn for deep, deep down, which is goodness and everyone else being good and good to one another and helping one another. Okay, this is a little bit gay. Even at our most cynical, I think that deep down that's what we want, he continued. This sentiment is consistent with remarks of Cavill made earlier this year on the Happy, Sad, uh, Confused podcast. The actor, the the character means so much to me. It's been five years and I never gave up hope. How can you not love this guy? Come on. optimistic hopeful light tone or a dark gritty one i want one thing to be consistent can we just have a clear good and clear evil yeah and the clear good guy can fight against a clear evil guy i i am sick of the deconstruction of heroes and like oh are they a good guy or the bad like i am sick of deconstructing heroes down to uh baser levels where they try to fumble around the idea of some type of character deconstruction, which usually always ends up crappy anyways when they do it in Hollywood. So I feel like Hollywood I, doesn't want there to be like a pure good and evil. No, they don't. Like it, it, they want you to identify with the villain and criticize the heroes. Well, intentions. and if we set like a moral standard, like there is a right thing to do in a scenario, which Hollywood doesn't want to have to do, then they are always going to be held up as hypocritical more than they already are. That's the Ryan Long skit about uh, superhero, like uh, international superheroes, where they're like, uh, they're like, let's go to this. Like this guy's locked this woman in his house, and they're like, let's go get him. They're like, it's in it's in another country. It's like, oh well, it's just their culture. It's different. Uh, yeah, it's di- it's different there. You don't understand. So uh, it, it's crazy because some people actually think that way, and I've I've met them and talked to them like. 
One time, um, actually, I got into this argument with a, a class on, on bioethics I was taking in high school. Yeah. And I mentioned like how there is object there are objectively things that are wrong and i was like for instance fgm that's something that's so obviously wrong mm -hmm. that is normalized in another culture that we should oppose and then literally everyone else in the room was like oh i don't know about that sweetie it's also like how like, would you not know about that i think because we're so afraid like we've been told that like especially western values are bad and oppressive so to be like yes but i grew up with them and i I personally feel like that is a standard that is unacceptable. We are immediately led to feel guilty about that, right? Yeah. Well, we don't understand. It's part of their culture. You want to be like, it's violent and painful. Like, and I don't barbaric. disagree that it's part of their culture. I didn't deny that. I'm just saying that doesn't mean it should continue. Yeah. And that's... And that doesn't mean that just because it's part of their culture, you have to agree that it's correct. Like, culture isn't an exemption badge. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. a hall pass to be brutal. It's uh, and yeah, because that then that tends to fall into the thing where they call like, well, that's your colonialist attitude uh, of wanting. Well, my to, culture, and that's I, why I, you like Superman and you want him to be an Uberman. Yeah, and that will, <laughs> it, it, and they feel that way. Like they, there's a good indication that for a lot of like the WB executives, I think it would be fair to say that they don't want Superman to be seen as good because he was a symbol of American greatness, and there's a lot of anti-American sentiment, especially in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So the idea of a uh, a character who is universally good whose motto is truth justice in the american way runs kind of headlong into the anti-american sentiment that runs out of hollywood these days mm -hmm. but it does still to me feel in a lot of ways like we have to be very very careful because everything that uh, henry cavill i believe more of but james gunn and all of these other executives, it feels like they just saw that, like, they have their focus groups and they're like, people are changing. Like, you know, they just I think it'd be really funny if, like, Daily Wire or some other, like, you know, right-leaning film producer, like, somehow managed to buy the rights to just Superman. <laughs> we're like, we're going to use this IP and we're going to make it probably the way people actually want to and to see the series, like, thrive. Just hundreds of Superman movies and nothing else. Well, so far, we only Not have hundreds. Rebels to that. Well, uh, there was Hyperions. That was a Daily Wire movie that was about superheroes. I didn't see it. But, but like, I want, I want Superman. I want Captain America. I want the patriotic superheroes and I, like to I said, just live in their, their nice life over here. There was, um, I was watching original episodes of Justice League, the animated series the other day, and Superman talks about, he's like, like I, not just for America, but for all of the world, like you were, he's Yay, like, taking, globalism. he's taking out nu nuclear weapons all over the world. And it's, uh, I don't want Superman, I don't need Superman to be a globalist sentiment. I like Classic the idea. Classic American interventionism. I know. You know what I, I write? I'm well, a lot of those old, like, there's a lot of actually really good critique of American interventionism in those old animated movies where they talk about, uh, there's one in, in Batman, uh, The Dark Knight Returns, where the president, he's like, we're here to to steal oil. I mean, spread freedom. Uh, it's, it's very, very true that back in the day, what you would call like a, a comic book writer back then would have been very much an old school liberal who would have had those anti-war values that you just don't see anymore because now they would be like, well, it's just their culture. They can go to war over there. That's not our... It's we should, of course we should intervene. Uh, that's what they, they would say. need us. Yeah, they they need our help. So I, I I look forward to it, and I think that 
it does make for a little bit of confusion, though. Like, why would we go in to see the same character, the same actor, and then wonder why are his parents different? Why is his background different? Did this not happen? So, yes, so you take out Zod from this, but what about Batman? Will it be the same Batman that existed in that universe? Will it be Ben Affleck? Will there be Wonder... Will be Gal Gadot be Wonder Woman? Will the Flash be Ezra, Ezra Miller? Maybe not, hopefully. Uh, we'll see, but the, the lack of continuity and timeline is definitely frustrating, but I do want to see them take another crack at a positive, hopeful, uh, good-natured Superman movie that doesn't need to be dark and gritty for the sake of dark and gritty, because I think we're kind of past that right now, and people are yearning for something more. So mm -hmm. that's just my opinion on the matter. Uh, let's just move on. Uh, do you want to tell us all about, uh, speaking of hopeful... Yeah, uh, let's talk about Selena Gomez. She recently was on a press tour for this movie she just put out. Uh, it's a documentary about her and her struggles with mental health. And in one of the interviews with the Rolling Stone, actually, she pointed out Taylor Swift as her only real friend in the music industry. She said she never fit in with a cool group of girls that were celebrities, and the only real friend she had in the industry is Taylor Swift. Wait, so that's that not industry, a cool group of celebrities? Like, Taylor Swift isn't well, cool? Well, that's totally untrue that she said that, because the, the group consists of, like... Uh, Taylor Swift, Lord, Selena Gomez, I think Gigi Hadid. Um, that was like a known group of friends in Hollywood, and Selena Gomez was a part of it. Unrelated, though, um, that industry that she's referring to is entertainment, not just music, yeah. not just acting, because Selena has done both. And then we saw her kidney donor respond to this quote. Her kidney donor is Francia Raiza, who is an actress. Uh, admittedly, she is a lot less well-known than her friend, but they used to be roommates, and they were very close friends for, like, over a decade now. And she gave her a kidney in 2017. And then Francia responded to this comment she made on an Instagram post and just said, interesting <laughs> and then she quickly deleted that comment but people did notice it of course yeah. and then they noticed that francia unfollowed selena gomez on instagram selena still follows francia because she feels guilty right exactly and then I... she added a snarky response on tiktok selena said sorry i didn't mention every person i know <laughs> So now <laughs> your kidney donor is just, just some person you know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I so think now she's getting Rizzi a bunch of backlash for like ghosting her kidney donor. Well, we don't know that she Who she's indebted her. to for life. Oh my gosh. And it turned into this whole thing. Uh, and a lot of people were like arguing, are you in debt to someone who donated you an organ for the rest of your life? And do you have to be friends no matter what afterwards? Also, let's, let's trace back the facts. Okay, so Francia was on uh, that ABC show about like teen pregnancy. It was like an after school special kind of thing, right? That was like her major role in Hollywood. That show ended. I have no right. idea if she ever worked after that. She lived in one of Selena's <laughs> houses with Selena. They were good friends. Yeah. Whatever. Decides to donate a kidney. Super cool. Obviously, like, very important move. Major major life decision. Then she, like, they put up the Instagram photos and everyone was like, oh my gosh, this girl. And I assume that was like a blip to her career. And she didn't get cast in anything else. Mm -hmm. And then to take to Instagram to publicly comment on it, like, I suspect they are in touch. 
and it is a weird thing to be like yeah. i'm gonna call make public drama over this like if you're really hurt why don't you text selena i'm sure they you were together like posting things on social media only a few months ago yeah, like, like they are still friends and in touch like, for sure i also think that like it is important to note that like she is you know maybe not at the level of celebrity that this com- conversation mm-hmm. was talking about right like this elite girl gang like that was in that one taylor swift music video like imagine being the hanger wasn't because there. you don't you literally had to donate a kidney to join the group like that would actually just infuriate but also like but then group. you're but still not gonna be in the group you're not also in the group. like it's not her group like selena saying yeah. she never really felt like she was a part of this group like she felt like she was more friends with taylor swift than the other girls whatever that sounds good that, that just proves that uh that women's friendships are very complicated that, that, well and that a uh, certain amount of uncertainty and lack of self-confidence is universal no matter what your income bracket like mm-hmm. you can still feel like you don't fit in even amongst a bunch of people that you feel that other people feel might be part of your group i've never felt particularly like no matter most of my friend groups like as much as i love most of my friends like i've always felt likes his friends but he doesn't want to come on a hike with us or go to dinner that's well the power of saying no ladies and gentlemen uh but like i've always felt like the outsider of most of the groups that i've been part of in my life and i don't think there's anything wrong with that and that does not make them bad people for me feeling like an outsider for that like if they were to post a group photo of like everyone and they didn't mention me i'm not gonna hold that against them and also let's face it just say no. Just well, say no. Well, it would no be if that's one thing. But buttons. what if you had like donated a kidney to another another blader, okay? And then and you guys had been friends for years and then he posts a selfie with another blader and says like this is my only friend in the skating world. They're the best. Love them forever. I but I don't really fit in with anybody else. How would you feel after that? Cuz like I'm just saying from Francia's perspective I do understand the the urge to be petty in response to a comment like that. And it also, it must just be hard to, like, donate an organ to somebody and then you immediately feel worse and they immediately feel better physically. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, like, that's a different conversation. Like, yeah, you could have said no to get Of course, and it was I mean? totally like a that. volunteer thing. But she also did kind of frame it like Selena Gomez pushed the idea on her once they realized they were a match. But at the same that time, you not, did the test voluntarily to find out if you were. That's not match. the way. I, when they did like a filmed interview together, that was not the way it was presented. Exactly. Yeah. Which is like, oh, we're changing the story. Or maybe you feel differently about it now. My thing is just like, at what point are you still in this industry? And I'm not trying to be too hard on her. It's a tough mm. industry, but like, are you acting? Like, She's what not are you super doing? relevant You're, anymore. And like, as far as I know, they're still friends. So in some ways, like, yeah. this seems like you are mad that you didn't get like a name drop. Which, like, I assume is not, hopefully, what you really measure friendship by, right? And that you're not on the same level of relevancy that Taylor Swift is on. She's still acting which plenty. Is, She's in uh, Grownish, she's 70 in, episodes, uh, just okay. in 2018 to 2022. She's got acting credits, five or six just okay. in the last year. But the point, is, like, the point, point is, is, that she's conversation working. was about a specific, like, what was this, like, 2010 or whatever, like girl group that like did in my recollection of this kind of evolved around taylor swift Mm -hmm. and if selena's just saying like yeah i was friends with taylor but i wasn't really friends with that whole group like but i had other friends over there like that doesn't mean she's not friends like this is like middle school drama to me and this is why social media is why comment on instagram like again if you're really hurt by this and again you're obviously a important person you gave her a kidney text her call her you probably live in the same house walk down the hall and be like 
Why did you say that? She'd be like, I actually think of you as my sister or like or grow they, up and don't be I didn't want to talk about your business or like whatever. The problem is I think Francia is being overly sensitive yes. and also Selena is being overly yeah. sensitive because she feels like she is the martyr and punching bag of the entire internet every time something goes wrong for yeah. her. Also, her friendship with Taylor Swift gets a weird amount of heat. Like, she was childhood friends with Demi Lovato, and then Demi Lovato had that thing where someone was like, how's Selena? And she was like, ask Taylor. Like, shut up. Like, they're friends. Everyone leave them alone. Women. And she, Selena Women, Gomez right? also, like, had this moment in her documentary where she was bemoaning the fact that people think of her only in reference to her relationship with Justin Bieber, which has long since... Ended. I only think of her in reference to her friendship with Taylor Swift. Is that better? I mean, it's really not our job to understand Selena Gomez on her own terms, is it? I just don't think of her. So. It's her job to like <laughs> not care. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like uh, it's once you learn to not care what other people think of you, like actually not care or understand that their misinterpretation of who you are is not your responsibility. You kind of open your life up a big amount. I also but, don't think you have to just constantly be like, anything I do, I reference my kidney donor. Like you can be extremely grateful, but like. I don't know. Sometimes this reminds me of, okay, you know that house episode where they're like, I don't know how into house you were married, but like. The, the friend the, who the, uh, who just lives off the dude because. No, no, no. There is a lesbian couple who are living together and like the girl oh. can't sleep or something. And it goes the whole yeah, thing. And then got, she needs like, I think it's a kidney. I think she specifically needs a kidney. And then at the end of the episode. And, but it comes out that the girl who's really sick is thinking about breaking up with the other one. But the kidney donor is like, no, of course I'll get tested. Of course I'll give you my kidney. And, and she's she about knows. to get wheeled into the operating room and the doctor's having misgivings. She's like. She's thinking about breaking up with you, and she's like, "Yeah, but you can't break up with someone who gives you a kidney." Yeah, <laughs> like but, it's all. No, that's after the operation. That's after the operation. Was, she's like, "You donated the kidney, even though that you, you knew, knew that she was going to break up with you." She goes, "She can't break up with me now," and she has this evil look on her face. Because like we're all supposed to be sympathetic. This girl is going to get like broken up with. Like the there's a, in fact that's how that, what a great show that scene hits me sometimes because the music hits this really really like iconic note right there, and the actress this makes this fa this ultimate bitch face. Yeah. That is just iconic. Well, especially since all episodes are being led to believe that the redheaded lesbian is like mean and cruel for willing to, being willing to take a kidney from someone she's like got a dump. Well, how says like, it at the end? He goes, "Being a total bitch, though. Nobody can cure that." Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> but like, a, in some ways, like, uh, you know, I hope she doesn't feel this way. But does Francia feel like, "Well, I gave you a kidney, so at all times you must reference me"? Like, yeah, that's also weird. There was there was an episode of another show, and I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. Like one dude is like these two guys live with each other, and nobody can figure out why one of them like he's like a campaign manager for a politician, and the other one's like a transient's never held a job for more than a few weeks. He's constantly in trouble, and they can't figure out like how do these two guys end up friends and together and it turns out that the guy who was kind of the screw up gave a kidney to mm -hmm. this other guy mm -hmm. and so the guy's been pulling him out of messes for years because he feels a certain amount beholden to, and what is wow. it isn't it in is it in uh japanese culture where if you save someone's life you're responsible for them forever it's too that, stressful don't uh, save anyone <laughs> so I'm just kidding uh it's like at what point does she have to mention it every time that francia can't be offended also when, like let her live her life privately. Maybe Francia lives, like I said, maybe she still lives down the hall from her and maybe she takes her to Italy for her birthday and like does whatever. Like maybe they're really good friends and this is actually a dig to Selena. She's like, you only want 
to be my friend for the public recognition. Like, yeah. I just feel like this is interpersonal drama that borderlines on like just immature girls, women, like middle school girls. Women stuff. cope. Women social yeah. media cope all Ugh. the way. I don't think Selena <laughs> Gomez cope. is any more mature. Um, Brett, I just sent you a video that was like the peak of melodrama from Selena Gomez's new documentary. Let us put where she, like, I'm sorry, if you openly broadcast yourself sobbing on your couch to the world also like what are we supposed to make of that she and taylor swift why did either one of them need to put out a documentary i don't understand taylor swift's documentary was a crime against humanity terrible also (laughs) beyonce's documentary was weird did you watch that one beyonce put one out and like it came out that she has like a whole room in her house where she keeps all her prizes and there's a lot of like her clearly talking to her like laptop camera being like i just feel like the world and like here are my deep philosophical thoughts like as if she were just recording into like her what? macbook you like, heard it here first what? guys Pop stars, so you heard it here first guys no time for the fast and the furious but all time for beyonce documentaries. that one came out like 10 years ago <laughs> let's let's play this you want to play this clip yeah okay at least go, the beginning of it before we get tired of it good enough by myself like what am i gonna be like when am i gonna be good just by myself not needing anybody to be associated with like want nothing more than to not be Um, my past and it comes back (laughs) (sighs) so just (sighs) i think she should just like that's Hollywood. Um, Move to the desert. Take Francia, apparently. And just, like, call it a day. Is there a guy analog to this? Like, bro, I let you borrow my truck last weekend and you didn't even thank me. Like, is there a guy Is there a guy analog to this where they complain on social media about not getting enough recognition from their bros? Or is this a uniquely... I I Selena Gomez just feels uniquely put upon for some reason. And I don't think that that's valid, like she just constantly whines about. She how. should just like take a year off and like. I think she has though move already to Iowa, hang out, like open a coffee shop, don't tell anyone your name, <laughs> and really get that time away and see if you still feel like you're being your past is like something to avoid. Your I past just, is like you wouldn't built recognize your Selena Gomez if she was your barista. I don't know. I, don't, I would. I don't think about her that much. I mean, like maybe <laughs> dye her blonde you know what i mean when i see Wear her glasses for the year <laughs> i think of lucy if you really hale. want to be separated i think of lucy hale too i think um, of lucy hale not selena Go- i they, also watched mm. this video of a guy someone holding a picture of kylie jenner and he like asking people on the street like especially specifically men like who is this and all of them thought it was selena gomez really mm-hmm. that's funny hmm. it's just like social media was a mistake like there should be like a your phone should have a governor on it that like real limit i mean there's apps for that now like called like freedom that like prevent you from using your phone like you can set it to like lock your own phone you're like you you can lock yourself out of your own phone Mm -hmm. um like maybe we should take these women's phones away like every time you feel the need to write something snide and snarky just say no like we said about drugs in the 80s and the 90s just say no Ask, I mean, send them a notably, message. she did delete the comment, so she was willing to back down, right? Like, there's obviously been some sort of behind-the-scenes discussion we didn't see. Um, but I don't know. It seems like they're both in the wrong. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Casey Anthony. How about that? Something a little bit darker and more controversial than Casey the last Anthony. topic. Yeah, like, uh, the, other, <laughs> the other day, I, I had, like, when we were making segments, when we started the 
Aaron Carter. Aaron, Aaron Carter, Carter, not when, Nick Carter. When we started the Aaron Carter segment, like we were coming off of something else and I'm like smiling. And you were and smiling laugh. at the beginning of the clip and then someone was like, wow, Brett is smiling at the beginning of that clip. Like what's wrong with because him? We he coming, thinks that Aaron Carter's psychopath. death is funny. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, don't listen to those people, Brett. <sighs> so Peacock is giving Casey Anthony her own three-part docuseries called Casey Anthony, Where the Truth Lies. And it starts streaming on the 29th this month. Here's the synopsis of what it will be about. Considered one of the first trials of the century that polarized conversation in living rooms across America, the Casey Anthony case is one that still lives, leaves more questions than answers. There have been several movies and documentaries made to fill in the gaps, and yet the woman at the center of it all remains the biggest mystery. Throughout the exclusive three-part documentary series, Casey Anthony finally tells her side of the story and addresses the public that has made so many assumptions for the past 13 years. So if you're unfamiliar with this story, this happened back in 2011. Uh, Casey Anthony was found not guilty for the murder of her daughter, Kaylee Anthony. Uh, And at the time and still, it is widely believed that she was wrongfully acquitted of this crime. Her daughter uh, was found very gruesomely murdered and I believe stuffed into her own trunk of her car. And a lot of people believe that she was acquitted because of her looks and not because of the evidence. So this is the first time that she's going to be asked directly about the situation and interviewed in a way that admittedly she has no creative control, but she's going to tell her side of the story and it's sort of going to be like an OJ if I did it. That's what I'm assuming it's going to be. Oh, and they didn't they didn't allow that book to come out, right? Right. That book, yeah. That book so pulled. this this well, is going I think forward. Specifically, her parents fought against a lot of that. Like the yeah. the family members of the victim of a crime often mm-hmm. can take people to civil court. You're not allowed to profit. Well, unfortunately, off of a crime. she's both the parent and no, the, no, the her <laughs> parents, the grandparents of the child who died. Yes, like specifically came out against her. They believe she did it. Last I heard, like yeah. it and is her, like uh, like her grandparents in law. No, no, her parents. Who did she they live post with? her bail? They po- they posted her bail. I know they both came out against her at one point. But that's a complicated thing because maybe at first they didn't know what was going okay. on. But when mm-hmm. the evidence came and out, there was a they while where it was suspect. like maybe it was her boyfriend. Also, like, but still, it's she like it's like a documented like I th- I don't want to play armchair psychologist, but like she clearly has a personality disorder and she had a really yeah. long history of like lying. Like she is. Um, I would I I feel like it's a sociopath like she can lie through anything like she like wasn't going to school she wasn't like she was a very disordered person for a long time leading up to her daughter's death and so like I feel like she is the kind of personality who wants the spotlight but Mm -hmm. also is manipulative so I can see the fascination with wanting to hear directly from her Mm -hmm. but on the other hand like Let's not give her money for. I don't know if this. she's getting paid for this though. Maybe she's just getting paid in like the exposure, or having feeling like she has the last word. Who no, knows? She's definitely getting paid for this. But ha- they they're getting a lot of flack for giving her this platform and this opportunity to speak for herself. Yeah. 
uh, and it's getting actually weirdly a lot of comparisons to the Netflix Dahmer series, which obviously is inherently different because Jeffrey Dahmer is dead and cannot speak for himself. And it was a fictionalized, dramatized version of those real events and not directly interviewing the person about his crimes. Wouldn't the better comparison be about like the the other like the other true crime documentaries about women that have come out in the last yeah and that's i think that's why it's going to be on peacock because that's a predominantly female subscribed streaming service so let's just read some tweets from the detractors jay elton's first if you ever wanted more context about how morally bankrupt america is right now child killer casey anthony is getting her own show on Peacock. Then, then I want to I want to actually address this. So, is this a sign of American social and uh, kind of cultural decline, or is this just a sign of apathy by people? Uh, a lot of kind of uh, people's ability to be really fascinated by something so gruesome, or is it simply people are like, look, she wasn't convicted. Is this fall into that category? Like, hey, man, she wasn't convicted. Like, who am I to judge? Like, is that is that where we're at now? Like. I think it's a sign of decline, but no more than any other yeah. true crime docu-series or true crime dramatized series that's coming out these days. It's a fascination with gruesome crimes would that people like, have right now, and they're well, capitalizing on it. It's be, not just gruesome crimes. I think it couples with the uh, conversation people have about cancel culture, right? Like, she was acquitted, right? So theoretically, she was never proven guilty. So theoretically, like, we should let it go. And similar to OJ or to other people, like... We know that being tried in the media is incredibly damaging. And, and so in some ways, like, because she's not guilty, and I'm not saying I agree with this, but just to present the hypothetical, like, she should have the opportunity to be on TV. She was never convicted of a crime. But public sentiment is probably that she was involved with her daughter's death and therefore should not be able mm-hmm. to profit or even gain exposure, you know, indirectly profit off it. And I make the comparison a lot of times that I get annoyed when people talk about companies having ethics and companies having morals. You cannot expect a company to have the same ethics and morals that a human being does. So to Peacock, in the eyes of the law, she's never been convicted of this crime. Therefore, it is not wrong for them to pay her to be in the series. But we know that that's not necessarily... It's like a technicality. Yeah. They know technically they're not going to get trouble for doing this. And also the controversy is free press. Just because this is going to boost the subscribers on their platform for sure because people are going to want to watch it just out of pure fascination whether or not they support the project going forward. Another tweet said, genuinely disgusted with Peacock giving Casey Anthony a platform and a docuseries. So many important and unsolved cases in the world, and you're going you're giving a woman who's at best a sociopath and at worst a free child murderer a platform for ratings and because she's hot. Well, if, if Do you think that it's because of her looks? No. I mean, I guess that's you that, think it's that related was, to that. that was the a lot of people are also pointing sentiment. out like, oh, she's she's getting a platform because she's white and white people are never like subject to the same scrutiny in the justice system and in the well, media. She's definitely, been scrutin- she's definitely been scrutinized. Right. Like, that's not true. I do think it has yeah. to do with her looks. I mean, not to be terrible about it. I don't think anyone's saying this out loud, but like that was one of the things that yeah. factored into the case in the beginning, right? That's what everybody like, pointed out. And it was something mm-hmm. that, like, sorry, I read, like, a whole thing on this because I fell down a internet rabbit hole <laughs> one time, and, like, her looks was one of the ways that she leveraged influence, especially over men. Like, 
before the murder. And right? there's fascination just on that topic alone, right? Of like a woman's ability to be manipulative uh, using mm-hmm. her physical appearance. And if you're a narcissistic sociopath, like yeah. believing that you are so beautiful that you can not be convicted of a crime, like that's actually a condition. Yeah. Weirdly, that wasn't as much of what people brought up in these tweets. They were bringing up her race more often. Uh, someone said Casey Anthony deadass got away with murdering her kid and still ended up with a TV deal. Boy, I tell you, white women in this country start the football game up 21 to 0. But she allegedly also murdered a white woman, her daughter. So I would say that like yeah. kind of. And if you I compare this to the other like famous acquittal of O.J. Simpson, which was incredibly racially divisive. Mm-hmm. I would also say, and I feel like I can't go into this too much on this platform because it's not like it's kind of political, but like there are a lot of cases that we don't cover that Hollywood opts out, even though they know true crime is a big industry, because you would ha- come, you'd have to talk about race in a way that would yeah. make everyone uncomfortable, and so we don't talk about those. Well, and that's and that's kind of the double-edged sword there, right? Like this gets mentioned, and that person can say it's about race, but then that's because they don't know the other case exists because Hollywood won't touch the other case mm-hmm. because of the hard questions it might ask. Mm-hmm. This one here says, unless Casey Anthony confesses to murdering her daughter, I'm not trying to hear it. Well, even if she did at this point, she still wouldn't get convicted. Yeah. Whatever you no, say yeah, after Jeopardy, the right? yeah after the finality of you getting acquitted doesn't matter. Another person said they want Chris Hansen to come out and tell her she's under arrest for killing her kid at the end of the series. Doubt that that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just think that this is only a sign of decline in the sense that uh, people are obsessed with true crime for all the wrong reasons these days. It, does the time period of it speak to like? Uh, do you think this will be tr- same, the same thing will be true in ten years, like with crimes that are going on now? Yeah, you, you do. You don't. You don't think this ever ends? Like, I guess with with Dahmer being as popular as it was, granted, it's a drama. I find the genre so passe. Yeah, it's, like it, this fascination with evil is actually so banal what if they went I don't think really it's evil i think it's a fascination with like the unpredictable and the unknown right like one of the ways the coverage around casey anthony got you know presented to the world was like she's a young beautiful mother and like she's being accused of murdering her daughter it's like your neighbor could snap one day and kill you like we live in this weird world where like fear could be just around the corner the bad thing could be just over there so there is the interest mm. in like the socio the violent sociopath dom or someone who is just like deranged to us but also it's the idea that you could live somewhere and it could be so normal and something terrible is happening and you can't see it i think that kind of weird anxiety and fear really fuels a lot of people and they become kind of obsessed with true crime because it gives you a sense that you are like in the know in the knowledge and again i think it's really subconscious i think true crime will stick around for a long time because it has become this thing where people feel like activists about it they feel empowered and i do think that there are you know there's a lot of ways i think i've talked about it on here before but like it really bothers me that there are youtube channels and creators who like do their makeup while telling you true crime stories mm-hmm. and they'll be like it's for awareness and like i don't know i'm beating I'm, my face and talking about madeline mccann yeah like, but also like aren't you getting all the ad revenue from this like you're probably not giving this it to is her the family. argument that I, this no. is the argument i make all the time about the idea of like raising awareness and starting a dialogue is all just bs no but there are actual like some podcasts out there who do like tell the story of an unsolved crime and then people really do crowdsource information that lead to arrests like sir ballon yeah there's a couple really cool yeah. ones so we 
have to balance this fine line where like as the internet grows as we get access to more technology as dna science advances like there is a reason to revisit older cases but i am not sure this case is the one to revisit right like Mm -hmm. we're Uh, not going to get an answer on who killed 20 years of uh, 20 years of criminal minds has warped uh has warped the american psyche also it is like what if they made it like look at this she broke the glass ceiling she she didn't just commit a financial crime she committed a physical crime too and they just make it super super evil like Mm -hmm. it's it it doesn't seem like something i would ever want to watch but also i didn't have uh, a unique fascination with this case what was the one that we talked about about the girl who like uh egged her boyfriend on to commit suicide that was uh dramatized in the girl from plainville okay so massachusetts case yeah so i think that's a similar one where people were talking about how a woman can use manipulation and also her looks or even just her own self-perception of her looks to change the opinions of jurors yeah so uh and there i guess there's also something interesting there about like just in a world where we live in the believe all women time like that uh that there are women that you shouldn't believe because they're very clearly bad like it's so counter to what the narrative is societally that women can do no wrong and women are uh uh put on a pedestal i don't at least i see what i think sorry go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say like that is true and i think that's interesting but also, in some some reasons, I think Casey Anthony's case is fascinating to people because it's like, could this mother have killed her baby, right? Yeah. Like, could she have done this? Like, under what conditions? Like, people want to know where they can, like, people can do these unthinkable things. Yeah. And I, I just, like, I don't think this is appropriate to return to the thesis question. Like, I don't think Peacock is needs to dredge this up. I don't think anyone benefits from it. And to me, like... I'm sort of with you, like, true crime is kind of passe, and in this case in particular, like, nothing positive comes from this. Well, Casey right? Anthony is the one who benefits. Yeah, then let yeah, me ask so. this question. Is there a way to pivot and do this without, as long as they didn't have her involved? If she wasn't directly benefiting from this, so they found a way to talk about this, tell this story, get this information out there and raise awareness, but no, not involve her it's in the, the production. Exclusive, the, 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 the thing that's selling this is that she's, she's in involved. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there's already an oversaturated market of documentaries. And I think Lifetime about this. or like Hallmark or one of those things like did a dramatization. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's done. All right. Uh, and I got one more thing before we go, guys. Uh, Disney, Disney stock plunges 11% to new multi-year low on earnings call. This, uh, they, they missed their profits. Uh, it's very, very bad. And here could be why. Did you know that the deputy prime minister of Canada... Uh, got in trouble, got in a little bit of trouble for comparing everybody else's financial woes to the fact that she decided to cancel her Disney Plus subscription. Well, she said, we're we're going into recession, and uh, look, you guys need to be smart with your money, like me. I want to I listen to this video. It's really funny. And I think Canadian families are looking really closely at all of their expenses. I personally, as a mother and wife, look carefully at my credit card bill once a month, and last Sunday, I said to the kids, you're older now. You don't want to watch Disney anymore. Let's cut that Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> so we cut it. It's only $13.99 a month that we're saving. But every little bit helps. And I think every mother in Canada is doing that right now. It's See, this is Disney's. This is why they're losing, man. If they can't even keep the deputy prime minister of Canada subscribed to Disney Plus, how 
how did they expect to make profits? So she actually did apologize for saying yes, this, though. Uh, she apologized because people were like, you are a dummy. voicing something that does not <laughs> resonate with ordinary working people, and you have an extremely bloated salary. It's it's kind of their, ver- their, their weird version of, like, if you can't afford gas, just buy a Tesla. Uh, if you can't afford Disney yeah. Plus, your kids aren't watching you, Disney Plus. Stop paying for it. Well, hey, this is the hey, problem. If you're struggling to pay your bills, just don't buy streaming services, you dummy. Yeah, of course. It's just, <laughs> you know one thing that really bothers me about Freeland's uh, ignorant Disney Plus comment: the idea that struggling people should have nothing that makes them happy at all. Their entire lives should be misery and trying to survive. That is a ghoulish outlook. Good use of ghoulish, my friend. Um, do you think that that's uh, like maybe we we can set boundaries onto ourselves? She's like, ah, oh, Disney Plus isn't really killing it right now. I didn't really like Andor. I'm really struggling with my bills. Uh, I'm gonna cancel it and get uh, something else. Also, I thought that was high. I thought Disney Plus was still cheaper than that, but I could be wrong. Well, thirteen ninety nine has different is in yeah Canadian dollars, which okay. are I. Th- think worth less than American dollars right now. It says, I, I canceled my Disney Plus membership and now I can afford a house down payment in 208 years. Thanks for the hot financial tip. Right. I feel like she <laughs> like probably sat in her office and was like, I'm going to give this speech to my like press secretary. What if I tell this fun anecdote? And hopefully the press secretary was like, I'd prefer if you did it. And she was like, I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> I think it makes me look relatable. She's like, I'm just like, when are Meanwhile, you Meanwhile, someone who's like, how are we going to pay for the mortgage this month? Like, it's getting cold in Canada. How are we paying for heat? Is like, no, we don't. We well, don't. got relate. all that free health care. How can they be struggling? Yep, mm-hmm. you just have to wait. They live in a utopia, don't you know? Don't you know? That they're uh, trying to replace with immigrants. It's fine. But yes, uh, so Disney Plus stock uh, is plunging to multi-year low, which is funny because I see so many articles that go back and forth. Like, it really, like, one of the things about, like, reading from the trades from, like, a deadline or a Hollywood reporter is, like, you can really see where the spin comes because an article like this comes around every once in a while, but then you see lots of articles. It's like, Bob Chapek, the master of Hollywood, presides over the best Disney we've seen in years, and they talk about all these numbers that don't mean anything, and, like, look how good they did this quarter, and then the truth eventually comes out down the line that things aren't going as well, uh, and maybe they're missing out on some of that Chinese money right now. Like, maybe they want to... Maybe scale back their agenda pushing in, in favor of profit. Pivot to profit, Disney. Bob Chapek might, might need to become a David Zaslav. Yeah. And stop being overly focused on the streaming platform, which you know operates at over a billion dollar loss. And let's face it, like the, the, when people talk about Disney movies, I don't really think of much excitement about Pinocchio didn't even come out in theaters. And it was universally hated by the people who did watch it. And then they're putting out these social justice agenda shorts uh, about like this obese ballerina. And the TV shows aren't like there's they're saturating the market with really really stagnant and below they're average they're just TV vomiting shows. out star wars content they're beating ips to a pulp like how do they fix it i i don't know if there's a way they could fix just it just be more like, selective i suppose I'm telling you man go back to they're, they're putting out their ad tier soon i think yeah. that's coming out in exactly a month netflix just released their ad tier and a bunch of stuff that netflix makes isn't on there mm-hmm. like you can't watch their stuff on the ad tier version of it so like Good. could the ad tier just have ads and no other changes no, Why not? It requires renegotiating contracts. So like the, the shows that they produced, it would require them to renegotiate contracts with the actors and the production companies to figure out where their 
because uh, they would get a, pro- a cut of that pro- of those profits. So mm. it is what it is. But I thought that was interesting. Disney, not infallible. Uh, I tend to be one of those people that I get caught up in the moment. I see all these like very, very clearly biased articles that talk about how great Disney's doing and their stock is doing so great. Also, I think I saw recently that like the Galactic Star Cruiser had no bookings and they've priced out the middle class entirely from their theme parks. Like who are they? They really just want rich Childless millennials yeah. with a lot of disposable yeah. income. Yeah, it's uh, so they can come there and take pictures and hold up the line. Yeah. So it's awful. Got some super chats. Raventhor said, Hannah Claire Shredder video happening today. Look, if you want us to react to it with Hannah Claire here, please just send the link into the chat and Brett will open it from there because I don't want him to open the subreddit and just look at it. While you guys can possibly post something incriminating on there. Guys, the, so send the link directly to that video and we will be able to react to it. If you send it before I'm done reading these super chats, let me move on. Did we R- get, was, was there problems with the money guns? No. Why? I, I feel like I, am I losing my mind? I feel yes. Like- yes. Regatan said, challenge me on Pokemon yeah, Showdown I, I user Chromanito. Okay. Bad Adam 12 said, with our country and world being on the brink, we need hopeful Superman. We all need more hope in these dark days. See, pivot to happiness and hope, please. No more dark, gritty reboots. We don't care. We get it. You're all depressing and uh, extremely amoral. Just stop it. I'll admit, I want the dark, gritty reboots for Disney princess folktales. Yeah, yes, but that's the close. Little Mermaid version of that. Terrifying. Yes. It's great. Can't wait till we get the Bambi one that's just live action Bambi where they just. <laughs> no? No? Once that's public domain, I guess we'll get it. Oh. <laughs> it's like an evil truck that just searches out deer. Ah. Wayward Soul said Idea, during his death, he has a horror esque nightmare setting the stage for the movie. Dark, trippy tone for a Superman versus Bizarro. Uh, Justice League of America of America movie uh, I, I believe they if uh, somebody might be able to correct me I might have missed that part of it but I believe they did Bizarro Superman for part of season two of Superman and Lois another show that is unfortunately in question now uh, Stargirl got canceled and now possibly Superman and Lois which is objectively the best thing that DC television has done Stargirl Stargirl is it a there's like a YA novel called Stargirl that I read in like fourth grade. Uh, Stargirl is a character by Jeff Johns. Uh, it's a superhero character. Oh, definitely not the thing I'm yeah, thinking of. Different thing. Guam Tech said, I want a Superman movie based off the Red Sun story where they focus on social commentary on communism and how horrible life becomes under it. I haven't watched the the Red Sun animated movie. It's one of those ones where I always like, I look at it and I'm like, I'll watch that this weekend and then I never do. I need to get around to watching that. I just don't want any political commentary, whether it agrees with me or not. I think that's one of the reasons I have a hard time like committing to it. I'm like, ugh, do I really? In the logo, in the in the in the red sun, the the red sun version of Superman, in, where where the S is on the chest, right? Instead, it's a hammer and sickle in the middle there. And like, how is that not boring? It's, that's why would I want to watch that? Nathan Settlemeyer said, "Repo that kidney." Hey, that's a good. Give idea. me my kidney back. That was a that was a scene in, a, or that was like a storyline in, like. But a, then you know that you just did it for the like coattails effect, right? right? What was it? The uh, there was like a some serial killer movie where like the guy like gives like he like donates people kidneys and like they have to pay monthly for life. 
and then like if they don't pay it, he just takes the kid. He just takes the organ back, and you die. <laughs> Forget what it was. Hmm. Bad app said F. Mary kill Casey, Jody Arias, Amanda Knox. I don't know. Foxy Noxy. I don't know what uh, Jody Arias looks like. She's the one who like murdered her boyfriend, right? Is that a more recent case? Because I, for some reason, I, I recognize the name. Early two but... thousands, I think. Okay. Casey Anthony, I recognize. Amanda Knox, I recognize. Jody Arias, I don't recognize. I think she's, if I'm remembering correctly, she's the one who like murdered her boyfriend. Like, but they weren't really together, and it was like very brutal. And then she like was like, "I'm a morning girlfriend," like posting all about mm. how she's in love. We're together, but we're not together. It's real casual. Like, well, he was like, I. He was like, I don't know. We could go into this later. Cheery. I'm being so toxic today. today. <laughs> Cheery. Just murdered Cheery. my boyfriend. <laughs> Somebody's gonna clip the hell out of that. It's gonna be fantastic. Dragon Stalin one thousand and one said, "Just keep up," and it clears morale for her future Fast and Furious fandom. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. That was Dragon's Talent 1001's. Thank you. This is like reminding doing. me of the cop Thank lights you. in Fast and Furious, which I'm motivated to watch. Exactly. They say or, Tokyo Drift is the best one. I have heard that, but okay. then it's all downhill for another seven movies. <laughs> or not, take what you can get. It's not true. It is not. Okay, look. Five, four and five and six and seven are all good. That's, At that point, you just stopped the only person counting. who has said this. That's not true. <sighs> And Dragon's Talon 1001 said money gun test for Brett T-Rex. Thank you. It did, they did work. I, I felt like I wasn't seeing him. Like, like there was a time where, like, we got a bunch of chats and they just, I wasn't no, seeing him. No, they were him. going off. Okay. All right. Potatoes not enough. I'm just Brett. apparently brainless today. That's okay. Right. I think you do kind of adjust, like, to seeing them. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, I always some, flinch when I haven't been on in a while and they go off. But then after that, it's like, oh, right. Yeah. It is so, like money. funny. Some, it would be funny to have like a, some type of like um, compilation of us like we stone need a based super cut talking through of the money scared guns. guests. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I have been asking for this for like six months. Meme review, guys. We need it. Potatoes for Seamus said, all I need for happiness is the PCC crew plus Seamus. Brett is still king. Happy Friday, by the way. <sighs> The gaslighting. Friday? The, 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 see? The gaslighting is Guys. real, and it's breaking my brain. Time doesn't mean anything. I was, like, up really late covering midterms last night. Like, I didn't go to bed till 5. I know you do that on the regular. I'm a grandma. I don't. And now I just... It could be any day of the week, any time. Like, nothing. Yeah. It does feel a little bit like a Thursday right that, now. I yeah. Said, I feel like... Because we had a lot of, like, people at the house yesterday. It was kind of buzzing. I feel like that typically happens later in the week. So now mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm like... Week's almost over, but it's Wednesday. That's an interesting phenomenon. Like when you can be like, it feels like this day of the week, and it's like the most subjective thing you could ever say. But, but people tend people... to agree on it. That's yeah. why I think collective consciousness is a thing. Yeah. By the way, did anyone drop the link in the chat, or is that gonna be for the Hannah Claire? I I didn't look. I, the Shredder video. I I can. I have no idea. Uh, but unless you guys did that, we're not pulling it up. I'm sorry. Uh, if anybody wants to put the chat, which one are we looking for? It's a Shredder video, the one that had Hannah Claire in it. Guys, somebody, uh, I can't somebody scroll back up. Please do this because I don't understand what's happening. If, if somebody could go in there into the pop culture crisis subreddit, subreddit, and check and put in the link of Hannah Claire as Shredder. Um, then I, we will pull it up. Otherwise, we will not, uh, and you will be disappointed. Links, this is your your also, mission. I'm Please, not, I'm not doing that because I don't know what I'm going to be clicking on. Somebody could be like, "Here's the link," and it could be anything. But you need to read what the link is before you click on it. You're just okay. 
then then you need to like paste it then look at what it is and then put it on screen i don't think this is real i don't think there's any such thing there is such a thing i swear they spent hours on it which i respect ellen ellen thompson uh i i can't scroll back up uh i don't think your link worked i can't send i paste it again okay (laughs) if there ever was a link to this supposed video (laughs) bad app said have you watched weird with daniel radcliffe yet we should we should have reviewed it. Where uh, is that? Is that on, on streaming only? It's on the Roku channel. Uh, oh. so have to, the funny thing about it is he made like a tweet afterwards where he like vaguely tells people to torrent the movie like in true Weird Al <laughs> fashion. It's really it's really funny. I just was never like a fan of or like acolyte of Weird Al. Like I guess that's kind people of before go my to time. His concert. I never really like. Occasionally he'd have like a video that would go viral. I can think of like one, and I, I like know. think I saw that, but like. It didn't occur to me that he like went on tour and people were like, I'm going to go see Weird Al. Yeah. I never really got the hype. But what? yeah, we might watch that. What's happening? Tacti Platy said, oh, no, I'm not going to read that. Sorry. <laughs> that's the best. Don't don't say these things like that's so weird. <laughs> Potatoes for Seamus said, I'm sorry, Brett, please love me. <laughs> uh, Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> I love you. Bad app. Uh, said we are having put, what you can't put links in the chat. They're saying, oh, so sorry guys. Oh, interesting. You can't put links to a non-existent video in a chat. How interesting! There's I no swear, it, it I don't believe any of Someone you. spent hours on it. It, mm-hmm. it does exist. I, I get it. I miss if you. If you join us for our next meme review, then I love being on the show. You guys don't have to include me in your fun young people memes because <laughs> they've got to see your fresh reaction. Uh, Bad App said, we are having a Taco Bell sauce fountain at the wedding. <laughs> yes, the wedding that doesn't exist and will never happen. Ma- Mary is very adamant that that wedding will not happen. But hey, Henry Cavill was just talking the other day about how women, he, he wants to be able to woo women. So Bad App is just sticking true to old school values where you may not think you right you the first thing you... i think of when i think of bad app is old school <laughs> traditional I, tasteful i miss that this was bad app and i thought it was just somebody letting us know like hey my fiance decided to have like a taco bell fountain at our wedding i was like no cool. i love getting these life updates mm-hmm. dragon stellan 1001 said can't post links in chat only mods can do we have mods how interesting. Um, I, I repeat know. again. I guess we should think about that. But yeah, sorry. I didn't know that, guys. Well, we'll get her reaction mm-hmm. at some point. Promise. Uh-huh, when there is a video. Yes. <laughs> Forco Rosso Forever said, you can't put links in chat. Yes. Heard that. Wait, somebody super chat again. Let us know. Can we put links in chat? I think this link doesn't exist. I don't think there's it, such a it thing. It exists. I swear I feel like exists. this is like the dunk tank where it has some weird origin story that I'll never understand. Dane saw it. He'll attest uh-huh. to that. Hold. Tacti Platty. Hold, please. Okay, we're holding. Tacti Platty said that he DM'd Brett the link. You got so it. I we got can it pull here. it up right now. I got we're it going here. to see that it exists. I don't believe this. Yes. What is this? Should I bring my mic with me? Excuse me. <laughs> Can they see this too, or is it just me? They can see it. Does anybody have any idea about who or what this is? I don't know, but I bet he never asked to ask for a can opener. Hi, I'm Michael Brimlow. I'm a writer for Simcast.com, and I'm being forced to watch all the Fast and Furious movies. You can 
find me on Instagram at <laughs> B, and you can find me on Gab at Claire B. To be fair, I actually never post there, but I like it in concept. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is they take the same shot of him of him dropping down, and then he reverses it so that he jumps back up, which didn't happen in the movie. <laughs> So there you go, Hannah Claire. It does exist. <laughs> That's so funny. Also, because you kept saying Shredder, and I did, didn't particularly it was like the villain from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I kept thinking like an office Shredder. Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't know if I want to see this. Also, like, man, I really hold psycho eyes on the outro there. Uh, it was beautiful. Also, guys, oh. I made a I made a post the other day wow. that they need to make a last Ronin Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and they need to do it with Jim Henson's Creature Shop. I know, no, there's no Jim Henson anymore. With the costume rather than CGI, and they need to get to making that right now. So, Bad Up said, "I'm trod AF, baby." <laughs> well, there's no, nothing. I doubt said, that. Nothing for some says, reason. Nothing says trad more than trad AF. Nothing says trad more than posting vulgar messages in a live chat every day of the week. Yes. Okay. I have a request. Chuck E. Cheese says Super Shredder. Somebody who, I don't remember who made, was it, uh, yeah, it was Gross John who made the, the Super Shredder or the Shredder one. You need to do the same thing with Hannah Claire, but you need to do it with the Super Shredder scene from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. The no. secret of the immediate no, no. I hate that. I hate the sound of that. What? S- Super Shredder scene. Next. Why are you petitioning for this? We need this. Hannah Claire as Super Shredder. Make it happen. Potatoes for Seamus said mods. You say, I yeah. I just realized um, you can have like mods in a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be. We uh, I guess we other... should like start thinking about that. Yeah, there are some. <laughs> For the other Timcast Media channels, they have them, but I feel like okay. it wouldn't. It would, I think they'd want it to be someone who works here. Porco like, Rosso, forever. you all are great, but Porco Rosso forever says trad app. It's like bad app, trad app. Trad app. It's his like alternate personality. <laughs> so it's his nice twin brother. Yes, yeah. one. <laughs> all right, Hannah Claire, thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me. Let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, and remember, do don't with this one. <laughs> be very careful about how you how you say so because it might change how you're uh, portrayed when they make you into Super Shredder. Yeah, seriously. Oh, there's a lot of pressure now. Uh, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. You can follow me on Instagram at HannahClaire.B. You can follow me on other platforms if you can find me. I'm not that interesting on them. Um, you should follow Tim Cast News on Twitter. It's great. You can see our articles. I'm um, really grateful for all your support there. I will try and think of a way to be more accountable on the Fast and the Furious front. I have no idea what that will be, but I'm trying. We appreciate it so much. I'm doing my best. We appreciate it so much. Mary, where can they find you? You can find pictures of me on Instagram at Mary Archived, and you can read my inane thoughts on Twitter, also at Mary Archived. Do you feel that your thoughts are ever not inane? Do you ever ha- say on something? On Twitter, they yeah. are always. Always inane? Yes. You never you never post something you're like, this wasn't inane. This is great. No. No? <laughs> Perfect. That's what Twitter is for. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun. Please remember, like the videos, leave comments on the videos, subscribe to the channel. If you have not already, I need to be saying that more. I'm going to try and do my best. I will. Smash that like, like smash the et cetera. Like, well, no, gently tap the like button. Remember. Hey, how many subscribers do you need until you bleach your hair blonde? 
Um, it's got nothing Ooh, to do with subscriber count. So I think subscriber it's count would be a good one though, because then it's inevitable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, uh, no subscriber count for that. It's still. Uh, oh, I think it's on, on the table. I feel like it's on the table. Yeah. In my bones, I feel like he's committed. It's I, on the table. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't want to be blonde. You want to be like have red hair or like purple hair, right? That will never happen. Okay. So if you get ten thousand more subscribers, I don't know what your current subscriber count is. Brett will dye his hair purple. No. What about sixty k? Uh, no. 70K. Nope. 80. Nope. 90? Nope. 100? Mm, 100. Ah, 100 it is! Not, not purple. And sold! Not, not pur- uh, I will dye it blonde. I will never dye my hair purple or any other weird color. But, uh, okay. guys. Fine, we- but they want the bleached hair back. You heard it here first. Brett is back to blonde if we get to 100,000 subscribers. It's, um, blonde. We, we, we'd have to have That's a similar... our new similar, hashtag, back to blonde. We'd yes. have to have a similar crisis party situation to what happened. No, nope, Or just the subscriber just count because that's going to happen anyway. We'll talk again at 100K. Well, my people will call your people. We'll do lunch. I'm sorry. Sure. I just auctioned this off for 100K. I feel like negotiations are closed. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, guys, guys, we have one more super chat uh, from Potatoes for Seamus. He says, thank you, Brett. So good to feel. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you for Potatoes for Seamus. Back Remember, to blonde. Back to blonde. Keep going. No, I'm good. It's okay. going to happen. All right, guys, like I said, like the videos, leave comments on the videos, subscribe to the channel. It means so very much to us, and I need to be doing that more, so thank you. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram, at Brett Dasovic for the show. We are here Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. If you would like to follow us on social media, we are at Twitter, at PopCulture underscore show. Facebook and TikTok, at PopCultureCrisis. And on Instagram, at PopCultureCrisisPod. If you would prefer to listen to the show rather than watch... Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. All great platforms in which you can listen to our uh, not inane thoughts on popular culture and movies. Uh, we are also, uh, what do we get? Anything else? We got a guest coming up on Friday. We got a lot of good stuff. We We're going to be reviewing Wakanda Forever. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Later. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.